This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday, July 28th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, six-time Olympic medalist Simone Biles will not participate in the women's all-around final. The American gymnast superstar withdrew from Thursday's competition to focus on her mental well-being. USA Gymnastics said in a statement on Wednesday that the 24-year-old is opting to not compete. The decision comes a day after Biles removed herself from the team uh, final following one rotation because she felt she wasn't mentally ready. And we have a clip of her talking about this. It's been really stressful, this Olympic Games. I think just as a whole, it's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. I say um, put mental health first because if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. So it's okay sometimes to even sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor and person that you really are. Jade Carey, who finished ninth in qualifying, will take Biles' place in the all-around. Carey initially did not qualify because she was the third-ranking American behind Biles and Tanisa Lee. International Gymnastics Federation rules limit countries to two athletes per event in the finals. The organization said Biles will be evaluated daily before deciding if she will participate in next week's individual events. Biles qualified for the finals on all four apparatuses, something she didn't even do during her five-medal haul in Mm. Rio in 2016. The 24-year-old came to Tokyo as arguably the face of the games following the retirement of swimmer Michael Phelps and sprinter Usain Bolt. She topped qualifying on Sunday despite piling up mandatory deductions on vault, floor, and beam following shaky dismounts. She posted on social media on Monday that she felt the weight of the world on her so- her shoulders. And I guess if you think about this, gymnastics in particular, I mean, if you're, if you're an athlete and you're off your game, something is not connecting mentally, and you're talking about uh, athletics like this, you can get hurt if you go well, in there that's what and I mess was yourself thinking. up really yes. bad. Yeah, yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Uh, it's um, I there's no context I can put on this of being at the focus, but you of know the that world's God. attention. Oh my God! And the Olympics, yeah. and I don't know, you know, there's there's no correlation I have in my life to that kind of scrutiny. I yeah. don't know how I would react. Yeah, I think was, that is it, though, Preston. Like not getting injured so mentally maybe she's not there whatever this block is that she has and they don't want her to get injured but right. that you know like it's just uh i don't it's terrible i feel so i i was watching last night and i'm like i feel so bad for her sure. and her well, team they, they must have been like yeah. what yeah i feel bad for her for the people that actually have a negative um reaction to this you know somebody like Piers morgan and, and people like that who are actually coming and saying well this is this is weak and this is weakening you know the the, the the world and the country and you know uh, but shut anyway up. that's not what I was going to say I was going to say Sport Magazine I wasn't telling you to shut up no those no you shut <laughs> up no I know that um but Sport Magazine years ago had um had ranked all of the sports and they ranked gymnastics as the hardest sport out there and they took all sorts of different variables and you know what made them harder than anything else and they and and the the mentality uh, of uh, gymnast and gymnastics was like far and above harder than anything else. Mm-hmm. 
Shut yeah, up. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 people should just shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. I mean, well, the, the I've only... seen, listen, I, I know that there are people that are, that I'm sure that are doing that, but like yeah. I've seen so much support for her and oh, people yeah. saying, listen, yeah. we, we can't even understand what it's like to have the world staring at you oh, my and God. expecting you to do the best you've ever done. And as far as, as athletics go, the only thing I can equate to, the only sport that I play is golf. And there are times where I'll be out there and I'm like, I'm doing everything that I normally do right. and it's not working. And the difference is, is I can't get hurt playing that game. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about yeah. you know flipping and and mm-hmm. and flying and, and way up into the air and, and possibly coming down and breaking your neck and stuff like that. It ain't worth it. Man. So I read a pretty balanced take on it of all these, you know, from the point of view, not like I don't know what Pierce Morgan said. I didn't read it, but about also the obligation to the team and so on and so yeah. forth and all of that stuff. So from that side, about what you you promised you would do and, and following through. I get that on a level, mm-hmm. but I again, I have no correlation in my life to make a, an assessment on this because it's at such a staggering level, and I, you know, it, it's it, it, your your heart goes out to anybody in this situation sure. who clearly has practiced for this event and is left in a mindset where you're like, I don't want to proceed with this, and you're also your heart goes out to the to the team who must have been like a what? Well, yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't imagine that somebody is that fierce of a competitor. Would take something like that lightly. Right. I mean, they've been they've been training so hard their entire life. She, in particular, has been training, in, in that you know, to to make a decision like that doesn't just you don't just go. Nah, I don't think I'm yes. going to do it. So who? You know what, what I mean, what, who was who was the um, who who wrenched her ankle and continued? Oh, to yeah. Carrie Strug. Right. Right. Yeah. That so, was great. That yeah, was yeah. like, I mean, they said, le- so <laughs> this whole time change well, is really screwing me up because I'm watching <laughs> last night thinking. It's now, so I'm like, okay, she didn't compete, so is she going to compete today? And she, right. she so I, it threw me off, and I'm like, oh, good, she's out there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is already the news that I read this morning. It's I'm just watching it right. on TV now. Going back to the Carrie Strug thing, though, even though she brought that medal home, if you go back and watch some of that stuff about Bella Caroli and all that, who essentially <laughs> oh, was a yeah. taskmaster, yeah, he was master, really, yeah, yeah. you know, like whipping horses, essentially. Oh, and like picked her up and hugged her like he was oh, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her look back on that is a little bit different. It was like, like Casey, when you had that that parade with the kids and you were trying uh-huh. to <laughs> yell at them in front of you i love you so much wait you know what i was gonna say though was um they during all of that last night when i was watching they said this is a movie in the making like her making yeah, the decision maybe. not to compete and all of that yeah. um so she did post that she felt the weight of the world on her shoulders the weight became too heavy after vaulting during team finals she lost herself in midair and completed one and a half twists instead of two and a half and landed in a deep squat she consulted with u.s team doctor uh, before walking off the field of play. She, when she returned, she took off her bar grips, hugged her teammates uh, and then turned into their head cheerleader as U.S. claimed silver behind uh, Russia. And we, we have a clip of her talking about uh, her teammates. Okay. I just felt like it would be a little bit better to take a back seat, uh, work on my mindfulness and I knew that the girls would do an absolutely great job and I didn't want to risk the team a medal for uh, kind of my screw-ups because they've worked way too hard for that. I feel like I robbed them of a couple of tents and we could have been a little bit higher in the rankings. Uh, no word on if she'll compete for an individual medal. So we'll see if that happens. The Central Buck School District, one of the largest districts in Pennsylvania, voted late Tuesday night to make masks optional for the upcoming school year, regardless of COVID-19 vaccination status. Last week, district officials initially made the announcement in a letter sent to families. The district made it official at its Tuesday meeting. Despite the final vote, many gathered at the district's administration building, hoping to change the minds of school board members. Is there any chance they will mandate no sad bro shirts? Because that would really help. <laughs> 
better. The rally was held hours after the CDC recommended that even vaccinated people should return to wearing masks indoors uh, in parts of the United States where the coronavirus is surging, citing new information about the ability of the Delta variant to spread among vaccinated people. The CDC also recommended indoor masks for all teachers, staff, students, and visitors to schools regardless of vaccination status. The labels of Campbell's soup cans are getting their first redesign in about 50 years. The famed red and white design remains, but the Campbell's logo is receiving a modernized logo scripture, which includes eliminating the shadow and a slightly change in font uh, that is based on founder Joseph Campbell's original signature. Other changes include the word soup printed in a new font along with a slanted O as a nod to the original brand, uh, I'm sorry, the brand's original label from 1898. Also, the C uh, from the redesigned Campbell's signature is used in a fleur-de-lis next to the word soup. It's cool because the new label has soup with a silent L in the, uh, which <laughs> is the first time they've done that. What? Yeah. Ver- varieties receiving the redesigned labels include tomato, cream of chicken, cream of mushroom, and chicken noodle. The redesigned cans are currently rolling out in store sh- on store shelves. Sales of Campbell's soups exploded last year as people sheltered in place because of the pandemic. However, this year hasn't been as profitable because of rising supply chain costs and inflation. The company announced in June it's increasing the prices. It charges retailers and other customers by an ad- average of roughly 5% later this Preston, year. every time I think of Campbell's and us, when we went over to do that special appearance, they have their own sort of commissary and store within Campbell's. Store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sell Tim Tams, those cookies that we love. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> so a new uh, new design on their, uh, their cans you'll see in stores. All right, let's do sports this morning. The Phillies lost to the Washington Nationals last night at the ballpark, falling 6-4. to four. Trey Turner singled in the first inning and scored on Josh Bell's three-run home run to put the Nationals ahead to stay. But their shortstop was then pulled from the game because of a positive COVID-19 test and never uh. played defense in the win. The series continues tonight, and Zach Wheeler gets the start. Game time is at 7.05. At the Olympics, the U.S. men's basketball team bounced back from their loss to France, cruising to an easy 120-66 win over Iran for their first victory in the Olympics. A win on Saturday against the Czech Republic will give them a berth into the medal round next week, though uh, this margin of victory gives the United States a chance to still advance even if they suffer another loss. And on her third try at the Summer Games, Katie Ledecky finally won a gold medal. Bouncing back from the worst finish of her career, Ledecky claimed her first ever gold medal in the women's 1,500-meter freestyle. About an hour earlier, she was beaten by Australia's Ariane uh, Titmus who made it two for two in their uh, rivalry with a victory in the 200-meter freestyle. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kath. We're at the midweek point of Wednesday. Wednesdays usually mean a secret text word. Yes, and we do have a chance for you to win a pair of tickets to your choice of these concerts. You can go to the MMRQ, Jimmy Buffett, Corn and Stained, Dropkick Murphys, and Rancid. Megadeth or Slipknot. Oh, wow. Yeah, there are a bunch of shows that are part of the Return to Live Summer Concert ticket special offer, which is $20 all-in lawn tickets for select shows at BB&T Pavilion, Skyline Stage, and The Man. Nice. Sales starts today at noon, and it's only available through Sunday while supplies last. You can get all the details on the concert page 
at WMMR.com. So just text the word SECRET to 39333. We'll send a word back to you later on. We'll ask you to call and designate a caller wins, and you'll get to pick from that lot and grab a pair of tickets. And you can also just text and walk away because we'll grab a random texter as well. A couple different ways to win on that. So get on that. Uh, we also have guests joining us today. We are going to, speaking of the Olympics, we're going to talk to Keith Jones of NBC10 Scheduled to have him on in less than an hour. It's 7.05, so we're going to make this next segment a little bit shorter so we can break and then come back and talk Olympics. Right, right, right. Live from Tokyo. So that is part of our lineup today. And we're also going to talk to a local gentleman by the name of Jeff Bergman. Jeff is the voice of Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam and Sylvester the Cat in the Space Jam movie. So he's kind of a, the heir apparent to Mel Blanc. There are a few people that are handling, yeah. you know, it, Mel did all those, all of those voices, yeah. but he's doing some of them. And he's done a bunch of others in his career as well. Some stuff you'll be surprised to hear about. So we'll talk to Jeff later on this morning. And we're also going to go live on Fox Good Day close to 8 o'clock. So we've got a bunch to get to. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. We'll get to the entertainment reports and stupid questions. Stay put. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Can you believe football is back? This Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Interact Me, swoop in and win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2022 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So to give away this morning for the Super Question, we have a Blu-ray copy of A Quiet Place. No, that's not it. It's actually season three of Star Trek Discovery on DVD. That's what we're giving away. Question that I have for you is, what country are eggplants native to? Uh Uh-huh. 215-263. WMMR. I was just talking about this with uh, Gary Lauer. Oh, wow. You guys had a discussion about that. (laughs) We talked about that. All right. So, uh, where will you find, where are they native to? Eggplants. 215 263 WMMR. Going to go through some birthdays today. Uh, Wednesday, July 28th. Uh, We'll start with Elizabeth Berkeley. Uh huh. Saved by the Bell. Yep. Showgirls. She's uh, on the uh, the new version of Saved by the Bell on Peacock. Is she? Yep. I have not seen that. You've watched any of it? I, I. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's not great. It's pretty good. Uh, So she turns 49 years old today. Uh, You also have uh, Bill Bradley, Hall of Fame NBA player, former New Jersey senator. He is 78 today. Uh, Jim Davis, the creator of Garfield. Were you a Garfield fan? Kind of, sort of. I didn't didn't fall in love with it. The the one that I really fell in love with of that ilk was uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Right, right. That's where I, like, you know, bought the books and would read all this stuff. But, yeah, I'd I'd read Garfield. It was cute. Didn't didn't, uh, Bill Murray do the voice? He He did. did. For the animated? Yeah, Yeah, and then I, who, Breckenmeyer played Dave. Yep. Not a great movie, but uh, he's 76. Jim Davis, creator. Uh, Lori Laughlin, uh, 90210. Full House is Becky as well. and uh, uh, Convicted felon. Convicted felon yeah. as well, yeah. Uh, 90210? 57. It says 90210, yeah. Oh, uh, the there? new one. Yeah. The, yes, the that's right. Recent. Right, yeah, yeah. Was she a mom or something on she there? She probably would have to yeah, be. Yeah, she was, right? yeah. Unless they're was. trying to pull off a big... <laughs> Who's the old girl? Uh, but I go back, my crush... Started with uh, my secret admirer. Yes, with her in that movie. She had great hair. Yeah, 
uh, 57 today. Uh, it's uh, Sally Struthers' birthday Whoa! today. Gloria from All in the Family. Little girl. Yeah, she's uh, 74 years old. She today. was in the studio one time. That's right. That's right. That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was nice. Uh, we also have Jacoby Shaddix, lead singer of Papa Roach. This is my last resort. And he turns uh, 45 years old today. I think that their newest song is probably my favorite song of theirs. Yeah. It's it's Stars. an atypical. Yeah. It's a good song. So happy birthday to him. And then the last one, someone else from the world of 90210. And I don't know if it was the original or the most recent, Dustin Milligan. Hmm. Probably most recent because yeah. he's also in uh, S's Creek, as we call it. Spitz Creek. <laughs> Schmidt's oh. Creek, whatever. Yeah, he's Ted on uh, Ships Creek. All right, Ships Creek. He is uh, 36 years he, he's old. He's great. Today. He's great on that show. I never watched Nana Tuna. Okay. Happy birthday to everyone uh, celebrating today. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Uh, what country uh, is, where Where are eggplants originally from? Where are they indigenous to? Uh, and I will go to, let's go to Jen. Hi, Jen. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. All right, uh, Jen, eggplants are native to what country? India. Yeah, you're Whoa. right. I didn't know that. Hold on a moment, Jen. We are going to give you uh, scene three of Star Trek Discovery on DVD. The must-have collection includes deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes featurettes, and cast interviews. You can own it on Blu-ray, DVD, and limited edition Steelbook from CBS and Paramount Home Entertainment. Eggplant, one of the weird things that I can't eat. Yes, it's a nightshade, right? It's a nightshade. It's because uh, of the skin? The outer, the I outer. Think I oh, I don't know if it's the skin. I right. always thought it was like the seeds, but um, huh. I'm not really sure. But that's like one of the ones, and it's like it's weird. It's not something you would eat on a regular week, basis. Yeah, on yeah. a regular yeah. basis. So yeah, it's weird that that's what what we figured out. But that's one of like the bad ones for me. Uh, it was named eggplant, by the way, because when it's uh, when it first buds, the the little. Plants look like eggs. Yes, apparently, are, yeah, they're white and they're they're kind of that shape. I'm not a massive fan. I mean, I uh, like them now and then, but I don't live for them. I'll say right. that. Yep, I dig eggplants, but uh, I can take them or leave them. All right, so we're going to dive into the entertainment report, and we'll begin with this: New Jersey's favorite son, John Bon Jovi, has been honored by the Garden State with a newly named service area now bearing his name. Uh, bon that Jovi. is pretty cool. Bon Jovi is, was one of nine New Jerseyans commemorated with the New Jersey Turnpike Authority renaming the uh, Cheese is it uh, Chesquake Service Area or Cheesequake? I don't know. As long I like as a Cheesequake. Yeah, as long as it's not Molly Pitcher, I'm okay with it. Why is that? I don't know. I just like Molly Pitcher. You like Pitcher. Molly Pitcher? You like yeah. Molly Pitcher? Okay. <laughs> So that's exit number 124. Interesting. Uh, it's for the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Others receiving the honor include Frank Sinatra, Whitney Houston, and James Gandolfini. I'll give you the, the rundown of all of them here in a second. Uh, Governor Phil Murphy said in a statement, this is about putting New Jersey greatness on full display. This is the first part of an extended statewide exhibition of New Jersey heroes throughout our state. From military heroes on the battleship New Jersey to historical figures on the New Jersey Turnpike to science and technology trailblazers at Newark Penn Station, New Jerseyans will find pride to uh, in our contributions to society and the world. I think that'd be a th- that would be a cool, unique honor. And I yeah. know we're nominated for the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, but uh, a rest stop would be awesome. That would be cool, right? Yeah, I think they could. Maybe... And you know what? You know that if you had some downtime, 
you would go to your own rest stop and walk around. It's Hell him. Yes, it's him. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So in Montvale, you have the James Gandolfini service area. In Brookdale, South, Connie Chung service area. Connie Chung. Did you be able to get inside Connie Chung? Uh, Vauxhall, is that uh, the uh, name? I don't know. Whitney Houston here. service area. Uh, the John Bon Jovi is in uh, Cheswick or Cheesequake. <laughs> Uh, Monmouth uh, is Judy Bloom service area. Ah, the author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tween author. Uh, the Atlantic uh, exit is the Frank Sinatra service area. That's, that's a standard, right? And then a few other names I don't know. Larry Dobby, uh, Celia Cruz. Larry Dobby? Uh, is it Dobby? The baseball player? Okay. Yeah, I believe he was the first African-American in the uh, American League. Okay. And then you have uh, Celia Cruz and Tony Morrison. Oh, service wow. Areas. Um, how long do they stay? Uh, I don't know. Because I would assume Frank Sinatra's been Frank Sinatra for quite a while. And Molly Pritchard, right? Is that the name? Pitcher. 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 Was that the, uh, the the quote about the tree? I'll never see. I don't know. A poem as lovely as a tree? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, uh, maybe she was in Bon Jovi's band. Or yeah, <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I don't know if all of these were named in one shot. If they, if no, no, Frank no. Sinatra. I know, yeah. But I think that they, I, I would be curious to see, you know, uh, how long your average run as a rest stop name goes for. Well, mm-hmm. I wonder how long Frank S. Farley is going to be able to hang on to his uh, service That's area. a standard. Yeah. That might be yeah. kind of d- jarring to have Frank S. Farley go away. Yeah, wait. Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? Because he he was like the lieutenant governor or something like that. It wasn't uh, like... It wasn't like a... Okay. It wasn't he didn't, he didn't a, yeah, he didn't write a number one hit, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no Danny DeVito, no Jack Nicholson? Not Yeah, yet. how about There's that? still time for those. Okay. Yeah. Man, we'll have to wait and see. By the way, yesterday, and we'll, we'll have to see if we have time to talk about it, we, we missed a, uh, a national observance yesterday. It was National New Jersey Day. Oh. How what? do you have a national state day? I didn't right. know that they did that. But How did we miss it? Apparently yesterday was National New Jersey Dude. Day, and I have a whole <laughs> list of things about New Jersey maybe oh, you man. would like to hear about later on. Okay. Time. Like we'll we observed National Pretzel Nugget Day, and, and we didn't right. know about National New Jersey Day. Yeah. It was funny that because uh, New Jersey had tweeted out, like the <laughs> entire state of New Jersey had a really funny tweet where they just threw shade at the rest of the country. And I yes. thought, it was, did you see that? I did, yeah. yeah. And then uh, um, John Fetterman of Pennsylvania tried to respond, and New Jersey shut him down. Mm-hmm. It was great. They, it was yeah. awesome. they won social media yesterday. It's the most densely populated state in the country, right, yeah. by the way. So they've got a lot of they got a lot thrown behind them. Oh, yeah. All right, so anyhow, maybe we'll get to that. But apparently July 20th was National Pennsylvania Day. We I missed know, our own state. National State Days even this happened. This is a travesty. All right, moving on. Paris Hilton is expecting her first child with her fiancé, Carter Room Or Reum, I'm not sure how you say his name. Uh, but Hilton denies her reports. Oh, it's it's apparently a rumor. Okay, so she uh, joked on the This Is Paris podcast, uh, the only thing in the oven at the moment is my is my sliving lasagna. Her sliving lasagna? That's what it says here. It's, do you think that's right? Is S-L-I-B-I-N-G. That I tried to look it up. My Slytherin lasagna. <laughs> Uh, she was somebody um, posted something. Who the heck was it that she? They were inviting her to come to whatever restaurant or something. Um, oh, Garden. I know what it was. It was Sunset Pier in Sea Isle, and they were inviting her to come uh, eat while she was in town. Right. So, was she here? Was she at the shore? I don't know. Don't know. She has I, a Netflix series, by right. the way. She, they were doing something with the Netflix series. She has a Netflix yeah. series, and she has a podcast. Uh, so she was undergoing uh, IVF treatments to get pregnant in January, but she says she has not said that she's officially 
knocked up or anything like that. So, she's engaged, though. She's right. She's soon to be wed. Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. that guy's yeah. name, Carter right. Room or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, so she's cooking up a culinary theme show for Netflix, which is called Cooking with Paris. And this is the first time that she has starred in a show since uh, The World According to Paris back in 2011. The six-part series promises to turn the traditional cooking show upside down. Oh, it's going to be amazing. As she learns about new ingredients, tries out new recipes, and masters exotic appliances in her kitchen. She's so dynamic. Yeah. Famous <laughs> friends including Kim Kardashian, Nikki Glaser, Demi Lovato, and her sister Nikki and mom Kathy are also set to appear. So you guys remember when she had that song that she... Uh, yes. Um, she could actually turn that into her theme song because she could change looking at me to cooking with me. Okay. If you guys remember, do you remember how her song went? I nope. do not. No, nope. I do remember. Everybody's looking at me. Oh my god. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I vaguely remember. You yeah. know what sliving means? No. It's a Paris Hilton invented word that's a combination no. of yep, of slaying and living. Oh, shut living. up. Uh-huh, she's sliving. See, I was starting to like her a little bit. <laughs> but it turns out, it turns out she's a slunt. <laughs> All right, Is so that a slut and a, okay, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, All yeah. right, so anyway, uh, that's coming yep. out August fourth. <laughs> uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher are sharing their dirty secrets. The pair, who share Wyatt and Dimitri, who are six and four, tell Dex Shepard and Monica Padman on their podcast uh, that they bathe their kids only occasionally. This, you know, Kathy, you'll love this story. I, you'll get these celebrity it. stories. It always turns out to be good-looking people who uh, don't bathe a lot. But I, here's, I mean, tell the story, I, I, and I'll tell you what I think it actually All right. Is. Okay. Uh, Kunis revealed, uh, I didn't have hot water growing up as a child, so I didn't shower much anyway. But when I had children, I also didn't wash them every day. Uh, she said, I wasn't that parent that bathed my newborns ever. Now, Kutcher added, now here's the thing. If you can see the dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. Uh, and the uh, the pro the, apparently the pros have their backs. According to the Mayo Clinic, bathing kids too often can quote dry out their skin. And the American Academy of Dermatology says that kids six to eleven don't need a daily bath. Yeah, so that that's what I was going to say. I don't think it was that she didn't bathe her children because I heard her. She's actual, an animal. I heard her actual quote, and she was saying, "I wasn't the type. She wasn't a fanatical mother who right. they would get a bath every single day. They're and filthy. They do say you don't have to bathe them every day when they're yeah. that young. When, uh, it wasn't until our kids really hit their teenage years that we're like, okay. Yeah. Now shower. every day you, right. you have to. Yeah, you, you got to shower. Yeah. You are walking death. <laughs> I think she was just comparing herself to people like me. I was like, you know what? We'll deal with the dry skin. We're taking a bath every day. Well, I take I take two showers every day in the morning and then after I exercise. And uh, and and the notion of of not getting uh, you know first off I need to wake up with a shower and second off I, I don't like that sweaty feel, Kathy. Uh, the parents don't bathe daily either. Oh, yeah, no. See, I'm out on that. I'm okay with the kids. They're babies, but no. Now, well, however, however Kutcher says of his soap usage, I wash my armpits and my crotch daily and nothing else ever. What? He said, I got a bar of Lever 2000 that <laughs> delivers every time. Nothing else. That's kind don't, of badass. Well, hold on. Don't you do that, Preston? No, I just don't really spend time on my legs. Oh, legs. Okay. Yeah. I wash everything else, but uh, today's well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get my back. I mean, I don't, I don't have yeah. like a, a thing on a on a stick washing my back or anything. Do you like use that. your hands to like go back. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I mean, yeah. My butt gets a good wash yeah. and every, everything. Yeah, the the the, the parts that uh, they get gnarly. Yeah, I just uh, have to check clean. in every once in a while. <laughs> Kath, how often do you wash your hair? Uh, I wash my hair every other day. Every other day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I wash every day. Do you? Yep. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's see. We now know where Alabama stands 
In an Instagram Live video making the rounds, the 15-year-old daughter of Travis Barker and model Shanna Mokler says that Kourtney Kardashian is her stepmom. Whoa! While the pair haven't gone public with an engagement, they have been spending a lot of family time together. Uh, Alabama has frequently aligned loyalties with Barker and Kardashian since the pair got together. In the beginning of their relationship, Mokler and Kardashian uh, sniped at each other over social media. And she told us in May that she thinks Kardashian is trying to put a wedge between her and her kids. Uh, The former Miss USA said at the time, the Kardashians are buying my kids Prada every other day. They're going on lavish trips. They're doing all these things, which is fine. I think it's nice that they're being nice to my kids. I want that for my children. Uh, And Alabama and her brother Landon have uh, bashed Mokler on social media, claiming that she isn't in her life like Barker is. So that's a public family thing. Yeah, that's great to have it right out there in the open. Yeah, isn't it though? Uh, Matt Damon admits that he's as curious about his pal Ben Affleck's renewed romance with former fiance Jennifer Lopez. Matt Damon! But unlike the rest of us who catch up on their love life with tabloids, Damon goes to the source. He tells people, uh, we each got a whole mess of kids. We text pretty much about everything. There's so much in the press about him that normally I'm just fact-checking things that I read, and I'm like, did this happen? And he's like, no, that didn't happen. So he will, yeah, he will yeah. actually just ask pick up and ask. That yeah. That's the way to do it, though. Uh, he also says that he doesn't always have an inside line. He said, all the pictures that have come out are the same ones that you see, and I don't know anything that you don't know. Uh, he told Extra, I'm just so happy for him, talking about Affleck. Uh, he said he's the best. He deserves every happiness in the world. I'm glad for both of them. Uh, the Lovebirds celebrated Lopez's 52nd birthday in Centro Pay. Matt Damon. Uh, but they're on the move, according to Page Six. The pair are turning heads in Capri, Italy. Capri, Italy. Oh. Now, you know, I realized that uh, um, Affleck, uh, you know, on the boat, she's walking around in a bikini. He's got a shirt on. And I remembered he's got that horrible tattoo on his back. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Phoenix. Like the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story, interesting story that broke this morning uh, about uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, yes. on the set of Better Call Saul. He apparently collapsed in the middle of a scene. It was like 11.30 in the morning. It wasn't like a late at night thing no. or anything like that. And uh, they took him to the hospital. Uh, no word on what exactly is going on with him as of now. So Could be exhaustion. Could Hopefully be that. something that benign. Uh, yeah. They said that he was, uh, he was awake and everything. Uh, he was conscious as they transported him. Oh. But uh, he's still in the hospital. They're keeping an eye on him. Uh, they're apparently filming the final season. Yes, right now that's so, the word. And I think they might have been in Mexico. Is that where it New was? Mexico in New Mexico? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One where of the Mexico. Okay. Dude, yeah. the last scene of the last episode, I was like, okay, it, it, this one was a, definitely a slower build and a slower burn than what um, Breaking Bad was. I'm a season behind on Better Call Saul. I need to catch up on with season season five, but I, I love it. I, I love it just as much as I loved uh, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only problem is you're not uh, you're binging it, and I and I am have to wait week to week, <laughs> That's and, true. and I don't like that. Like uh, I would prefer to continue to watch everything. I, I actually <laughs> made the decision I was going to do a. Uh, Let's let the Ted Lasso's a crew. Yeah. No, I'm nah. watching each episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's too good. Yeah. I need to see it now. All right, and then only time, only have time for one more story because we're going to break and come back. We're going to talk to Keith Jones, who's at the Olympics, and we're on a very strict time it's schedule. The other side of the world. So There's... I'm going to keep this short. Uh, Prison Break alum Wentworth Miller is sharing his autism diagnosis. Uh, he revealed on Instagram... Like everyone, life in quarantine took things from me, but in the quiet and isolation, I found unexpected gifts. This fall, 
marks one year since I received my informal autism diagnosis, preceded by a self-diagnosis, followed by a formal diagnosis. That's three. Um, Miller called his autism diagnosis a gift. Uh, and thank those who supported him throughout his journey. So, so uh, he I'm is not a, that familiar with him, but yeah, he was in a, the, the the Prison Break series was great, and then he's in the DC universe. He played a uh, a beloved villain on the um, CW DC series, yeah, Flash. Uh, a number of them. So he's he's really good, uh, but. Uh, I get, uh, wow. So he's, he's on the autism yeah. spectrum. So, yeah. That's a surprise. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess we're zipping right to the clips. Yeah. So, let's get to that. Uh, Disney Jungle Cruise follows voyages of Dr. Lily Houghton Lily. and Frank Wolf as they explore down the Amazon in a ramshackle boat. And in this clip, Emily Blunt explains the excitement of finally. Releasing the long-awaited film. I feel so, my heart's racing about it because yeah. I think, you know, the movie, it just packed such an emotional punch for all of us shooting it because it's just so nostalgic and beautiful. It's like the kind of movie that I grew up watching, sort of obsessed with that Indiana Jones romancing yeah. the stone. Yes. And it's a joyful movie, so it's sort of, in some ways, everything happens for a reason. It's yes. the right time for it to come out because yeah. it's, it's all yes. about that kind of joy and togetherness and adventure. I want to see you naked. <laughs> Uh, she is now firmly entrenched in the Disney Absolutely. realm with Mary, uh, Poppins. Mary Poppins, yeah. and now this to you know really uh, old school uh, Disney uh, franchise. I love or that. Now this may be a franchise. Who knows? And uh, this looks like basically the African Queen meets uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. So Jungle so, Cruise will be in theaters uh, this Friday. Next clip. When Bill Baker travels to France to visit his daughter in prison, he must find a way to dodge the complicated legal system to be reunited with her once again. And here Matt Damon tells how he landed his main role in the film Stillwater. We kind of had a family meeting about Matt it. And, um, my kids let me do the movie. You know, I really wanted to do it. I've been dying to work with Tom McCarthy, the director. And I just thought it was such a beautiful story and um, such a great role. So I, I went for it. Matt Damon. Uh, Stillwater will be in theaters this Friday, by the way. I still love him. Uh, there you go. That's what we have in the entertainment report. And by the way, Kathy still loves Matt Damon. Oh, does um, she? No. Does he return the love, Kathy? Oh, God, I wish. Uh, so as we wrap up, I would like to give away some uh, passes because we just played a clip from uh, Jungle Cruise. Uh, we have a screening tonight. Oh. And it will be at the UA King of Prussia at 7 p.m. So let's take callers. Uh, 13 and 14 at 215-263-WMMR, and we can give you those passes to see that movie tonight. We'll take a break, come back in a second, and we go live to the other side of the world, Tokyo, and our friend Keith Jones of NBC10 at the Olympics. We'll be right back. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. This month's band is Dominating. Dominating, your local shots artist of the month for July. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. All right, so what's the status here? Casey left. All right, there we go. Uh, What's up, bro? What are we doing here, man? going to we're well, ready to go oh so uh, yeah we're ready to go via zoom 
Okay. Uh, I don't know if your headphones were on when uh, when they came in and said that, but we're, we're no, ready to go. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, my headphones were on, but I don't hear anything, so I think we're good to go, and I'm now officially ready to welcome a man who is across the world checking in with us from Tokyo. Please welcome from NBC10, Mr. Keith Jones. <laughs> good morning, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Listen, I'm looking at uh, Casey's handsome face right now, so oh. I couldn't be better. Oh, but I'm yeah. thrilled you guys are having me on, so thank you, even <laughs> even from across the planet. Oh, man. When did you get there, Keith? I got here, uh, gosh, July 16th now, and we're under a 14-day soft quarantine, which means we're basically restricted to Olympic zones and then our hotel. We're only allowed to leave our hotel for like 15 minutes at a time. Okay. So it's been wild. So the the word is you go out just to hit the convenience store and then back into the hotel room, right? That's basically it. And the 7-Elevens here are crazy. There's like 400 flavors of Kit Kats here. Um, (laughs) That's true. We had somebody send us. (laughs) Yes. uh, Came in and there's all sorts of, I guess they they test them in that market. Like wasabi was one of them. Everything. And there's some damn good stuff. Wait, so you said the sake. (laughs) Sake. The 14-day quarantine. So what happens after that? Can you then do more? Then I'm liberated and I can walk outside and go for a run or, or go to a restaurant. The, the crazy thing is, guys, I tried sushi for the first time like two weeks ago. I know I'm sheltered. What? And I'm dying for like Japanese food and oh, we yeah. haven't had any yet. Oh. It's the craziest thing. See, I can't leave our hotel for more than 15 minutes. I'd be uh, so Japan's on my bucket list. Uh, That's where I de- definitely want to go. And, uh, I'm a big ramen fan, and they really, they tons of ramen places. So <clears throat> are you interested in trying that at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no question. And and by the way, this country is beautiful. It's it's the cleanest place I've ever been to in my life. Uh, the people have been uh, really courteous and welcoming of us. We weren't sure what kind of reception we'd get because we'd heard all those um, polls about how most people here didn't want the Olympics to happen this right. year. They're in the middle of like their fourth state of emergency, um, coronavirus outbreak. There are more cases yesterday than there were the new cases, at least, than there have been at any point in this pandemic here. Um, so it's a it's a rough situation here, but the people, they've been great. They've been so accommodating, uh, so nice. They're willing to uh, work with me because I don't I don't speak Japanese, clearly. <laughs> right. So, so they attempt English. It's, it's very kind of them. I know they have a, a low uh, ratio of, of vaccinated, you know, yeah. uh, people. So and that's obviously one of their their, their big concerns. We were getting the impression on the news that there were uh, lots of protesters visible all the time. You're saying you don't see that. You know, it's I don't see it. Then again, I want a a little disclaimer. We've been kind of trapped in these Olympic zones or at our hotel. Okay. So everyone we've encountered has been really kind to us. We've been out and about, you know, outside of this hotel here. I'm at the NBC workspace here. Um, And uh, if there's a mall nearby, nobody's really said or done anything you know, that's caught my eye. But then again, you know, I, I'm under this uh, crazy right. quarantine. Uh, so, Keith, you there as a, as a journalist, um, are, are you able to, are, are you guys going to press conferences and talking to the athletes and, and uh, things like that? Or is it uh, or is it virtual stuff that's happening? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Some of it is virtual. Um, it all depends. You have to request access. I, I covered the Olympics in South Korea and you just show up and you go and, and you have full access to these Olympians. This time you've got to request 48 hours in advance at least and then you get approved, and yeah, we're able to talk to them. But at a distance, uh, there's mandatory mask wearing here, so we're all wearing masks all the time, except for when we're live. We're testing daily for coronavirus. Um, we got to take our temperature every single day. There's a lot of measures in place, so it's it's certainly unlike any other uh, 
Olympic Games that I've ever heard of. It's historic in that way. Well, Keith, the big story was uh, Simone Biles uh, pulling yeah. out of the, the the team competition. What was that uh, little shockwave like when uh, when news hit? It was crazy. So, so if you take it back a couple of days, she didn't perform that well in the preliminary round, um, and so raised a couple eyebrows. They finished second to Russia, and then of course Tuesday happens where she attempts the vault, uh, falters. Um, and all of a sudden comes back out wearing a tracksuit. We're thinking it's a medical issue. We thought, oh, this right. is definitely mm-hmm. something physical. What about her, her foot or her ankle? And then later on, we learned that it was uh, all about her mental health. And, and so the brand new news this morning, and of course here we're 13 hours ahead, so it was in our afternoon, was that Simone Biles decided after a, a morning off to also forego the individual all-around competition tomorrow, wow. which starts at 6.50 Eastern time. And that's that's big news right there. I mean, she's arguably the greatest gymnast in the world. She's clearly the face of Team USA this year. Um, and few people, I think, can relate to the pressure that she might feel. Um, there was an interview with Michael Phelps and Mike Tirico. He's obviously talked openly about his struggles with mental health over the last 18 months. He had that documentary. Right. Um, he talked about the pressures of feeling the weight on your shoulders. Um, and he's probably one of the people uniquely qualified to deliver that kind of perspective. So no, we're still grappling with this next week. Um, there's another competition for USA gymnastics. We're going to see if she's uh, ready to go. She's, she's monitoring it day to day, but Again, she's taking time off to focus on her mental health. That's the statement we got earlier today. Right. So, Keith, I was reading an article about um, just the residual effects of something like this, about her decision. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and it also relates to the fact that, you know, numbers have been down for viewership on, on this this uh, Olympics, though a lot of us are, are watching it uh, pr- pretty regularly. When a Simone Biles says, I'm tapping out, yeah. that's, that's a big uh, ripple effect, correct? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, And you know what that also is, too? It's funny. And the opening ceremony was the perfect um, way to see this in in action. Right. It looked like a rehearsal almost because there's nobody in the stands. I think there's a certain energy that these athletes get when you've got USA chanted or Russia for Russia chanted. When I cover the Winter Olympics, you don't anticipate that having a chilling effect on you, but it does. You only see it in movies in America. And all of a sudden you hear that and the athletes get amped. And Simone Biles in her, in her news conference after she pulled out the first time, she had said, this is tough on me mentally. There's no spectators here. This has been a tough year because of the pandemic. So I think all those things rolled into one. So, yeah, there is a huge ripple effect. Spectators have a, have a part in it. The fact that they're not, um, you know, able to sit in the seats. Well, family also. And there's, there are people that, can be, that, that are, yeah. are there in support. This would be your shot, though, to pay someone to yell Keith Jones. Mm. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you'd, you'd make the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other I, I didn't yeah. even think of that. I mean, it's so <laughs> quiet. Yeah. yeah. But think about it, too. Like, you're a parent. You have been with your child from the time they were probably two, three, or four years old at every one of these competitions. You sacrificed your weekends, your nights, your early mornings, your sleep. Um, And then all of a sudden, at the very peak of their um, competition, of their professional lives, you can't even be on the same side of the planet with them. It's got to be devastating. So lacking that support, too, for these athletes has to to play a role in all of this. This, These are just exceptional times out here. 
Keith, uh, you know, obviously you're a Villanova guy, and uh, I know you got a chance to chat with uh, Jay Wright before he left for Tokyo. Yeah. Um, a men's basketball team didn't do so great against France and then uh, killed Iran yesterday. Have you had a chance to uh, cover that team at all, chat with Jay while you're there? How's that going? So they destroyed Iran today. But it's funny, like, we needed that win badly because this is a sport we should dominate in, right? Well, Iran hadn't made the Olympics since 2008, and I had to do a double take. The line on that game, the spread, we were favored by 41 points. Mm. So this was so one was of tight. these games we, we, <laughs> we needed this. And they ended up winning 120 to 66. Um, USA basketball is a very interesting thing. So I've got Coach Wright in my phone. Um, to get a hold of them is nearly impossible. Only one reporter so far has actually been able to be approved to even be there. In fact, the first game against France, if you recall, happened on a weekend here. I wanted to go as a spectator, and we got denied. Um, journalists are allowed to go as spectators or be in the interview area. And so my my interaction with Coach has been very, very limited. Um, I checked in with him, obviously, before the games. I gave me the impression that he's going to defer to Greg Popovich, the head coach, um, because uh, just to be able to channel everything right. through there. But I'm hoping that they're able to take this win and uh, carry some momentum. They played the Czech Republic this weekend because of the – margin of victory though they may already qualify into the medal round next week so that's some good news with team usa basketball if they can get it together hey uh keith i had a a question uh even though they're being very very strict about uh, quarantine and and, uh interactions with other people they still uh, the olympic committee i guess handed out uh condoms to all of the uh all of the the athletes do they give those to journalists as well (laughs) just in case (laughs) <laughs> oh, I knew I was going to, I knew uh, it was going to, uh, no, no, nothing like that. It's funny. We, um, there was that rumor that went around with Olympians about the no sex beds. Yes. You know, all this talk about these cardboard beds that these Olympians have, basically they're just recycled beds. They're more, um, environmentally friendly. Okay. And you had a couple of the Olympians jumping on them just to prove like, Oh, Hey, they'll hold the weight of more than one people, <laughs> you know, more than one person. So, uh, so yeah, I, I can imagine what's going on over at the Olympic village, but because of this quarantine, we're not there. You right. Know, right. This past we have been. And also there's no Olympic park. Um, right. so that the interaction sucks. with athletes is very limited. It, yeah. it really, it has an effect. Um, I didn't think it would affect, um, our work as much as it actually does. Right. Fans, the fans bring such an energy here. They're dressed up in crazy things. They're, they're holding their flags, you know, draping it like capes. Uh, us Americans, we come out in full force, which is great. It's so unifying. If there's anything this country needs right now, too, it's, it's you know, unity yep. to rally around our local Olympians. And we can't do it, which is brutal. Hey, um, now you've covered the Olympics before, as you said. Is there anything that you'd like to grab for um, souvenirs to bring back from uh, things like this? <laughs> Condoms? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, got right, got it. No, uh, absolutely, no. The one thing I always try to grab is our mic flag, which uh, are like the box around our microphones, yeah. because they've got Tokyo 2020 on them, oh, or, cool. or Pyeongchang yeah. 2018, which is kind of neat, and I put them on my desk. Um, but other than that, I've gotten requests from uh, every human being in my life, practically, to bring home something, <laughs> yeah, whether yeah. it's <laughs> to bring home a poster they saw yeah. or to bring back kind of Kit Kat, um, to bring home some Team USA stuff. Here's the crazy thing. Team USA, there's not a Team USA store around. 
they've uh, kind of boxed that thing up because there's wow. no spectators. Yeah. You know, they're losing money. So even yeah. to try to get something like that, you're almost better off ordering it online, which is which is another thing. It's a shame. Yeah, because usually the, the, the Team USA uniform, there's some type of, you know, shirt yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that you sells can get, which, is, which sells really well. That's too bad. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Ralph Lauren is selling that jacket for like 600 bucks. I don't know if Ooh. you saw... In the uh, I know the Parade of Nations, it's that white jacket that Sue Bird was wearing. She was right. carrying the American flag as she walked out. It's got a ventilation system in it with a fan on the back oh of your neck. <laughs> so it's like a mobile air conditioning unit. And they did something like that for the Winter Olympics, too. They had like a heating system built into those winter jackets that That's they were all cool. wearing. So, Ralph Lauren coming in the clutch. If you got six hundred bucks lying around, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, it's crazy. Hey, uh, Keith, one of one of my favorite things about uh, Olympic coverage is uh, the the stories of um, uh, the, the kind of underdogs. Uh, you had the, uh, yeah. the the swimmer uh, from Alaska yes. uh, win the gold the other day. That was a real that cool, awesome. shining bright story. You know, yeah, it's amazing. And you know, you said it before with someone like someone so prominent as Simone Biles stepping to the side. You need people to come through. And what I like to tell people about the Olympics, these aren't professional athletes. With professional athletes, they pick college, they have fan bases, they get drafted, that fan base embraces them. These are people who train for four years straight. No one knows who the heck they are. And all of a sudden they compete one day and they become international celebrities. It's something that's like completely unfathomable. Mm -hmm. Um, So so yeah, no, this is a, a big deal. For that swimmer. And then also, too, then you've got the prominent names like Kitty Ledecky bouncing right, back. She right. she didn't place in the 200 meter, um, which is brutal, but she won gold by three seconds in the 1500 meter. And she did that only hours after competing in the 200 meter. And get this, the 1500 meter is 30 laps in that pool. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I said, there is no damn way you're getting me in that pool. Uh, I- 30, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, they, they need to have an average person compete in all of these events just to see how hard We've been saying that. Right. We've been saying for context. Yeah. Well, you forget yes. how big the Olympic-sized swimming pool is. Like, yeah. That is it's a absurd. lot. Yeah. So Casey and I yeah. always have our eye on, on diving. Uh, are you going to be covering that at all or speaking to any of those athletes? You know what? I haven't yet. We're, we're really focused on our local Olympians. And, and we claim some Olympians, too, that are from, like, North Jersey and, and you know, parts of, like, Maryland even. So we, we haven't talked to any of those divers only because they hail from different parts of the country. Okay. Uh, and listen, we're actually we're going to talk to an Olympian. She's on hold right now. We're going to go to her. She's from Pottstown. Uh, her name is mm-hmm. uh, Peyton, Ry- Peyton Ridenauer, and she's in uh, BMX. So keep an eye on her. That'd be a nice uh, local story, uh, and we're Absolutely. hoping she's going to win gold. So we'll we'll go to her in just a moment. But uh, when do you uh, when are you wrapped up there? When are you coming back, Keith? August tenth is okay. our flight back, mm. and our quarantine ends August first. So I got that circled. So we've got right. basically this week. <sighs> the weekend happens. And I'm going out to get some something at a restaurant. There's only so long I'm you can make uh, you can make condom balloon animals. Okay. <laughs> uh, listen, at this point, at this point, we are cooped up in those hotel rooms sometimes or this workspace. So yeah. that's not too crazy. Nice. Hey, Keith, we love you, man. Have fun while you're there. We'll watch the coverage on NBC 10, and we appreciate you checking in this morning. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you so much for having uh, me. There you got it. Live from the Olympics. You know what I realized as we were talking to him? We have had, you know, all those years of having um, Vice Kahema yeah. live from the Olympics. We have we have gone live to every single Olympics since this show has existed. And, you know, so, again, uh, like I haven't really been tapping in a lot, but 
talking to Keith, getting yeah. the vibe. Yeah. Obviously, with our next guest. It's it sparks me on to want to check things out now. Absolutely, you know? and it's time to welcome our next guest. And she arrived, I believe, uh, last Thursday in Tokyo, and she is uh, competing. Actually, tonight you will be able to see her uh, compete in uh, the BMX races. Uh, starts at nine p.m. It's nine to midnight tonight. Uh, tomorrow night as well, and we're very excited. She's been in our studio before, and uh, we're hoping for the best for her. Oh, did we just lose her? Or no, she's still there. Okay, <laughs> please welcome uh, Peyton Ride now. Yay! Hey, Peyton. Good morning, or uh, good evening, I should say. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Uh, so, listen. Number one, we're excited to to watch your race. Number two, have you been having a good time? Yeah, I've been having an awesome time here. Everything's just so cool, and it's awesome to just be here. Nice. And so uh, we were just talking to Keith Jones from NBC10. He was telling us about the uh, uh, the quarantine and everything, and, and his uh, mobility is really limited at this point, only like 15 minutes outside of the hotel. You, judging from uh, the Instagram pictures that I've seen, you've been getting around a little bit, right? Yeah, we have a little bit of free range here. We're not allowed outside of the Olympic Village except to go to our venues. But the village is huge, so there's a bunch of stuff to do, whether it's going to the cafeteria or riding just bikes around or going to the shops. And, nice. Um, going to the Olympic rings, take a picture, seeing the lake. It's all really cool. That's cool. So you're, you're competing tonight. Have you had a chance to uh, size up your competition, meet some of the people that you're going up against? Yeah, BMX is a pretty small community, so everybody kind of knows everybody already. Ah. But I'm really excited. I've... One more sleep. It's 8.30 here right now. So when I wake up in the morning, I'll get ready to compete. Nice. So you say it's a small community. I'm not asking you to name names, but um, are there people that you're riding against uh, that you you don't like? Um, No, no. I'm pretty much friends with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I I do like seeing that. I do like seeing, uh, you know, when, because, you know, it was swimming that I was watching last night. But when, you know, when these races are over, you know, this is... You know, world competition, and when it's over, you know, you see these people that you know they're they're hugging and, and talking to one another, and it's you know, I, I you know, I guess when you're at your level, you know, you just you I guess have a, a greater appreciation for what these women are are able to do. Right, like I know how much work I put into being an Olympic athlete, and I know how much work the other girls and other guys put into it. So I have so much respect for everybody and. I'm super excited for everybody to race. Hey, you know, I was just thinking of uh, Peyton. Your your sport is is kind of unique in that you need a vehicle uh, to ride uh, as part of this, or as opposed to some other uh, athletes just bring themselves and right. then they they do what they have to do. So you've got to get your bike over there, and that's got to be a bit of a logistical pain in the butt. Did did you and your parents handle all that? And did you send several bikes over? Did they go with you? How did that whole thing work out? Yeah, so I took two bikes with me, my Olympic bike and then a spare bike, and they're both identical. But I travel a lot internationally and in the U.S. where I have to fly. So how we pack up our bikes is we'll put them in makeshift golf bags, and they make golf bags specific for bikes, but it looks like golf clubs. (laughs) Golf clubs usually fly free. Oh, that's great. That's a great idea. (laughs) I didn't know you could break a bike down that small to where it would fit in a golf bag. Yeah, so it's only 20-inch wheels because we ride pretty small bikes, so they do fit in the golf bags easily, and they do make it specific for bikes, huh. but still, it's like the same size as a golf bag. 
Okay, so do you set up your own bike, or do you have, like, a team that, that you know, gets everything set to these, you know, the, the specs that you want? Um, my dad's my mechanic at home. He'll set my bike up to perfection, <laughs> but when I pack it in the golf bag, I'll break it down, and then I'll build it back together when I get here, but I'm certainly not even close to being a master mechanic. <laughs> well, the person who is is very close to you, so you can be sure you're going to get a, uh, <laughs> a a good run. Now, I assume you've had a chance to walk the course, right? Yes, I got to practice three times on the course. Okay, all right. And and uh, we were looking at pictures of it. It looks, uh, obviously, they built it. It looks sort of prefab. How do you think it compares to other tracks, other courses you've been on? So to compare to other tracks, this course is a lot longer than usual. I think this might be one of the longest courses ever, so it's going to be exhausting. Okay. Does, does that bode well for you in particular as far as the style of rider that you are? Yeah, I've been training for um, like this length of a track, so I, I'm as prepared as I can get. Excellent. How, Excellent. Long, how long is the track? Um, I want to say maybe 460 meters, they said, which I don't know what it is in feet, but I think that's what I remember them saying. Okay, nice. You feeling pretty confident? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, the, you, well, you, sound, you sound very calm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I assume that demeanor and that way you approach things is what makes you the champion that you are. We're very excited. Yeah. So we're the coverage starts at 9 o'clock tonight. When exactly? Do you have any idea for for us here? Obviously not for you. Uh, uh, when? What time are you expected to race? Um, it starts at nine, but I'm not sure exactly when I race. Okay. But I can actually pull it up real quick and let you guys know. All right, all right. Hey, while you're while you're looking that up, what uh, are you going to have an opportunity to see any of the other events? Uh, given that there are a lot of restrictions on mobility. No, we won't. Usually oh. if you want, they'll give us, like, free passes to go to a set amount of events, but we don't get to do that. Bummer. So you, have you been watching any of it on uh, the coverage on television just to get caught up in the excitement of it all? A few of them, yeah. But we've been keeping pretty busy, surprisingly. There hasn't been too much downtime. Okay. Well, you'll imagine. just have to go to the Olympics again next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when this all isn't going on. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Exactly. What's, what's the uh, uh, excitement level like uh, back home with your friends and all? Really, really excited. They're all really excited for me, and I'm excited too, but... Yeah, all my friends and family just can't wait to watch. And yeah. my parents are in Universal Orlando right now, so they'll be having a little vacation and get to watch me, too. <laughs> That's great. That's so, awesome. So the um, it's I guess it starts with the quarterfinals and goes semifinals and then the finals. How do they heat everything up? Like, how do you, um, you know, they decide who goes in your heat, uh, you know, to start everything off? So I believe they went off of individual rankings from this year. So right now I feed it third into my heat so i have third lane choice and then we'll do three quarterfinals and they'll take we'll race the same girls every single quarterfinal and they'll take low points of the top four so let's say i get a first a second and a third that means i'll have five wait no six points okay okay and so so the top four who has the lowest points will move on to the semifinals, and then they'll do the semifinals the same way and do 
you race the same girls and they'll take the top four with the lowest points. And then the final is winner take all. And then you you get to pick your lane based on your, your times in, in the previous race. Right. Yeah, we'll get to pick our lane based on our low points and then um, also our lap times. Okay. Where do you prefer to ride? I try to pick as far inside as I can because that's the advantage. If you have the inside going into the first turn, then yes, that's as the best always, spot that you can yeah. Be. yeah. Uh, did you manage to secure the time for tonight? Yes, I did. So I'll race three times tomorrow. My first quarterfinal is at ten twenty. My second one is at eleven o'clock, and then my next one is at eleven forty-five. Wow, okay. and that's right. that's Tokyo time. Oh, that's okay. Tokyo All time. Right, so- I'm not- all right. I'm not sure the conversion, so it should be. Um, it's twelve hours. Right? You are. Nine, it should be nine twenty. They're thirteen hours ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, nine twenty, ten o'clock, and then ten forty. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Locally. All right. All right. All right. Perfect. <laughs> that works out. Thanks great. for the translation. Yes. <laughs> we couldn't figure that out. We're very yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we don't uh, even know how we're hearing your voice right now. <laughs> Peyton, uh, do do they feed you, or do you have to go out and get your own food? No, they have a dining hall here. All right, and is the food good? Yeah, they have pretty much everything. It's it's all really good, and they actually have a casual dining hall that I went to tonight that is specifically Japanese food, which was really good. Ooh. Oh, I like I like a good Japanese steakhouse. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, excellent. So they're taking good care of you. Your head's in the right spot. Looks she like said, everything is in track. She or, sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Man, we're, we're very excited for you. So. Uh, we, we will definitely be watching, and uh, when you win the gold, we'll want to talk to you after that, too, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excellent. Listen, good luck, and, yes. uh, and thanks for representing uh, not only the country, but our little neck of the woods as well. And our show specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, in Shout fact. Shout out to President Steve. Yes. Yeah. Put, yes. A, put a President Steve sticker <laughs> on your helmet, <laughs> and we'll get you concerts to the MMRBQ every year. Okay? And, and by the way, if you're doing the run and you hear someone yell out, Keith Jones, just act like you're excited, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Peyton, good luck to you. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, thank you guys so much. All right, thank you, Peyton. Right now, Peanut. You want to talk about nickname. someone that young, oh. everything in check, ready to go, yep. loving it, lo- living the moment, excited for the opportunity. That's the kind of zone that gets you a win. Yeah, you yeah. know? And and you know what? And her sport is, is kind of like, I think that... Uh, that's probably the mentality with all of them. They're just very chill, like, dude. Yeah, very right, chill, man. Let's I, get out and do it. You told know? you the skateboard dude had his earbuds in and had yeah. his phone in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the even though the the um, obviously the the high profile ones are, are gymnastics, right. and Swimming and and uh, track and field and all that stuff. If I were to be Olympian, I'd kind of want to be in one of those. Yeah, you know, the fringe ones. Yeah, fringe yeah the fringe yeah. ones. Yeah. They seem yeah. really cool. Curling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very chill. Totally. <laughs> just sweeping. Because they have, I mean. You yeah. really just clean it up. <laughs> I didn't know there was an air rifle, I told you the other day. Yeah. Did you see? An air Did you, and their air rifles are cool. No, I didn't see so, so, any uh, of the yeah, video of it. Yeah, very cool. Okay. Air rifles and, do they, what are they, is Tetris? Surfing's in there, yeah. Surfing's an Olympic sport. Yeah. 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 You need to look up the fringe ones. There's because a guy. You know what? I was, I was, Clocky. I was watching surfing the other day, uh, and it's really cool, but uh, first, I, I had so many things go through my head, because I'm thinking, this is dependent on weather and yeah. the conditions in the water, so like, right. how are they judged? Because one person could get, you know, a giant wave, and... Part of it, I think, is, right is, is is being... You know, selective and, yes. and what you yeah. what you get, yeah. and and 
it's like uh you know whether in in any sports that, that are that are part of that condition just you have to do the best with what you have and whoever does the best with what they have is the one who wins you know that, yeah what was the the last winter olympics where they were having um where was it the last winter olympics it was at korea right okay so maybe it's the one before nick but i remember they had Sochi ones? The Sochi. Yeah. I think they were dealing with brutal temperatures. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, but, it, you know, you, you just have to rise to the challenge. And if you are an expert or a champion level, you know, practitioner of that sport, you've been in all sorts of weather conditions anyway. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's so cold when you ski. Yeah, the surfing community is, a, it's really, really interesting. There's a there's a, a series on, I believe it's HBO Max now, uh, about the 100-foot wave. This guy oh, going, I've been watching it. Yeah. I've watched uh, the, the first two episodes. That's all they've released so far. It's incredible. It's really, really incredible. But this guy that they're following, like, he won this award, Steve. They had the, like, there's this whole community that yeah. we are not aware of. But, yep. like, he went and surfed this wave. And then, like, a year later, he won this prize that, you know, I'm like, where does that money even come from? Right. I mean, because they handed him, they handed him a stack of cash. You earned this, Bodie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I see up on the list here, um, and I don't know if this is just a, another language for uh, soccer, but it says futsal. So I futsal think. is indoor soccer, and okay. it's with a smaller ball. It's okay. a little bit different. It's like a, it's like a lot more footwork, right? Um, I don't necessarily know about that. I mean, it's, how, how it much? Kathy, they wear tap shoes. Yeah. No, so my kids, so how much to, smaller? Yeah. You have to dance um, around yep. the ball. It's a really great sport. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my kids played <laughs> futsal, but. You know, I don't necessarily know if it's at the Olympic level okay. uh, or if it's the not. same thing. But the ball. My kids play. <laughs> but the ball is smaller. Um, like a billiard ball? No, okay. no. Um, oh, just, like a size four instead of a size five. Yeah, but oh, I'm trying right. to figure out like what, you know. Like a melon. M- like a melon. Like, like, a like what kind of like, melon? Like, like, a a big, like a big or, honeydew. Or like, like a Can- yeah, cantaloupe. Ripe, like a cassava? Ripe cantaloupe. Probably yeah. with a little bit of salt on it. You can play off the wall when playing futsal too. Like, right. like you're playing hockey. Michael Jackson song? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah. You can. <laughs> right, it's a great album. <laughs> Pretty underrated, uh, especially with Thriller. Yeah. Um, I especially loved his version of it. Just yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, when, but it, the my the thing I was trying to say was that you can like <laughs> bounce it off the wall like so you, you can, can in make... a hockey court, oh, okay. a hockey, yeah. hockey rink. Yeah. That might be kind of interesting. It is. Yeah, it's, I used to it's go faster. To... When I was growing up, we had an indoor soccer team in, in St. Louis, and I would go to those games. And, and well, you had the one the here kicks. as well, the, the kicks, kicks, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so yes, they play with a size four ball instead of a five. There's five players on the field instead of 11. Uh, they kick in instead of throw in. The goals play- are smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the field is smaller as well. They play Michael Jackson. A lot of, lot of Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, goalkeeper can't touch the ball with their hands. Okay. Oh, really? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So we were looking at a a bunch of different ones. Uh, There's like race walking and what was the one, uh, Nick? Dressing, it said something. Dressage, which is uh, (laughs) dressage. Getting dressed. Aren't you the little man? Yeah. This guy got got everything on. You got all by yourself. Your handkerchief in your pocket. You got a golden pants. Uh, You got a mind for that, buddy. Um, No, what is dressage? It's a horse. Horse. Oh, horses. Like they have it at the Devon Horse Show, so um, you dress horses. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Forget it, Nick. Yeah, yeah it doesn't gonna, matter. Yeah, let's move that on. That horse has the biggest bow tie I've ever seen. <laughs> is, that, is it, is it where they like have them prancing yes. and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah, you got to get the oh, knee high stuff. With the right. horses. <laughs> also, trampoline is one. A horse trampoline. trampoline. I was. Wa- I watched. God, horse. you imagine? A horse. If you have to sit on it, oh my God, that's the ultimate rodeo event. You're on the horse while it's on. A trampoline. It's hard. <laughs> that. Oh my. Would be that's a sport. 
That would be impressive. Seeing a horse do a double backflip. With you on its with back. With you on it. No, I watched a little bit. I, I There would be so many deaths. Of some of the trampoline, competitive trampoline stuff, because they can do a ridiculous amount of flips and stuff in the, the air. Like because quads of and stuff like yeah. that. There, there yeah. is a, 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 pretty cool. a young lady I follow on, um, on Instagram, and she is a competitive uh, trampolinist, I guess. Is that yeah. what you So, uh, but she is... The ones who really seem to excel at that are tall, are, are taller. Right. Really? You know? Yes. By the way, I know we got a break in just a second, but did you see the robot basketball yes. thing? No. Yes. Three, three, wow. like half court shots. Three quarter yeah. court what? shots. Nick, I mean. Oh, come on. Swish. We yeah, are, yeah, yeah. And so it's dead. freaky looking, too. It's got like Spikes all yeah. over is his this, body is and this everything. Boston Dynamics robots? No, uh, I don't think it's Boston no, Dynamics. Yeah, no, it's it's a Toyota. Yeah, oh, actually God. created it. And so <laughs> we got about fifty years left on this planet, dude. It's the movie Real Steel with, well, the, with the boxing robots. Also realize that it is mathematical accuracy. Oh, so yeah. owing for no wind conditions or anything, yeah. all it has to do is replicate the same successful move each yeah. time. So <laughs> these they just have the one robot come out and do a demonstration. I mean, they're they're far away from uh, <laughs> watch. Competing against each other, but when this thing shoots it, it's crazy. It launches yeah. like a bullet from a gun because it takes off so fast. But you will see this thing fly three quarters, <laughs> boom, yeah. right in. It's we're it's dead. Wild. We are dead. Yeah, I do know. you think there will be a time in in our uh, future robot where, sports where we we yes. will watch robot um, sports? Yes, maybe not in our lifetime, but yeah. I think it's definitely coming. I mean, you already had if, if you go back to more rudimental stuff, but you remember on uh, uh, they used to have the robot fight show on Comedy Central. I think it was uh, or, or whatever uh, battle, battle bots. Yeah. Um, so you take that. Yeah. You advance the technology to where these things can move more fluidly, which Boston Dynamics is showing you can do things like that. And yeah, I think that there might be drivers of these. I would love that robots. I think and, of present playing a sport in Guardians Two when you had that the race that was piloting the ships remotely. Yeah, but they yeah. all hunched down. Yeah, you know that would be something that. Well, you, they you already could see. they have drone races right, right now, which yeah. are wild. If you've ever seen those, I, I got a racing drone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to try it. It yeah, seems yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, if you haven't seen this video, this robot shooting yeah. the basketball. It'll freak you out a Have little bit. Have you seen the robot horse trampoline? No. <laughs> the robotic? It's almost it's real. amazing. All right, we should take a break because we got to go live on Fox Good Day, so we will do that. Don't forget. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to give away the last of our movie screening passes for tonight, Jungle Cruise. I have four of these left, so we'll take 10, 11, 12, and 13 at 215-263-WMMR. It's at 7 p.m. at the UA King of Prussia, and you will be good to go. And don't forget, it's in theaters and on Disney Plus with premiere access on July 30th. We'll take a break and be right back. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant 
Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high quality, round brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we should hear some music in a moment, and that will mean we're going live on TV. Here we go. Hey, Preston and Steve, men are always shamed, I think, for taking shirtless selfies. So one man is trying to normalize the male thirst trap, as they like to call it. Right. He says women are praised for showing off their bodies on Instagram, but when men do it, they're called shallow, you attention seeker. What do you think? Uh, yeah, they're right. Um, <laughs> uh, I kind of, I, I don't know. Well, it, it all depends. I think it depends on the pose and so on. You can kind of see when somebody's just throwing their bait out there. Yeah. Um, if, I, if it's like a before and after, like, hey, I used to be out of shape and now I'm in shape. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, that's cool. You know, th- I think that's, I think that's fine and something to be proud of most definitely. Uh, but if you are just all the time with the shirt off, showing your muscles. Enough. Uh, yeah. Enough. Yeah. If you're getting out of the shower with a hard hat on, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, something <laughs> looks a little close. too posed. But then again, you know, I mean, maybe, hey, uh, listen, my wife likes looking at good-looking guys with their shirt off because she yeah. has to well, see yeah. this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I don't mind that at all. I'm like, rock on, it, man. It's so hard, though. I, I remember when c- celebrities that are not like a Chris Hemsworths or your... Uh, you know, you're Chris Evans or anybody named Chris in general. Uh, you know, when they do it, okay, that seems to make sense. It's kind of their their livelihood. But just when a random dude in your office posts a shot of him yeah, by the copier with the shirt weird. off, it's it's uh, it just it reads weird. Like somebody in your office named Casey. Why? Wait, <laughs> now he uh, makes We've sense. been noticing your pictures lately. Yeah, you especially, Alex. <laughs> getting, all, uh, getting all turned on. Someone's been caught by your thirst trap, huh? Yeah, my my, I'm not thirsty for. I, listen, it's they're You're it's comedy. It's comedy. It's me naked on a tricycle. You know, that was the one. That uh-huh. was the one. Stop. By the way, I almost track. dropped my phone. I was like, okay, Casey boy, Casey. By the way, what that you don't know bold. about that picture is that was a gift from my wife. I was giving it to her, and Casey oh. was dropping it off at, from the bike shop at my house, and he. Unrequested by me, took that photograph of himself naked on my wife's uh, tricycle. But he did. If you look closely, if you zoom in, zoom in, he put some bubble wrap on the seat. Oh, before he said, that's how you do it. That's Those how are the you do it. Areas. Yeah. Exactly. I'm concerned that Preston's zooming in on Casey Ward, <laughs> like you would. Uh, come on. Well, I did. I of course did. you did. Yes. I, I, Preston, I thought you were saying that, that you were giving that picture of Casey Boy as a gift <laughs> to your wife. Yeah. It was the that bicycle. Was, that was the gift to exactly. <laughs> The gift that keeps on giving. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Radio Hall of Fame. Hey. Hey. That's yep. amazing. I voted already, so we want to encourage uh-huh. everybody to vote for you guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's very, very simple. You can go to WMMR.com, and there is a link to it. It takes like 30 seconds. It's a real easy and you can okay. opt out of any emails or anything that you want. But yeah, we've been we've been nominated for the National 
Radio Hall of Fame, which is wow. pretty, uh, yeah. Uh, the, is there a building somewhere in, in Chicago? Is where it is. It's a museum of broadcasting. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, well, so. you have our vote for well, sure. Well, thank you. you guys. <laughs> so expect another naked picture from Casey Alex. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to you. get folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your next move, um, Casey? Are you gonna? Because now you've done the bike shot. You did like the you know the behind the back shot. So now what? Well, okay, uh, I have not, I don't know, I don't know. Full leg spread? Here's full the deal. spread eagle. <laughs> this is all, I'm trying, I'm trying to raise money for uh, my Team WMMR for the Bend to the Shore bike tour. So, right. mm-hmm. uh, so here's the deal. If I raise over $10,000, I will never post another picture like that <laughs> oh. again. So, so that's your point. So if you don't ever want to see anything like that again. I'm you writing wanna... a check right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a check right now. I'm just over from five. Oh, what's this check from Mike Jerry? Ten thousand and one dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's all going uh, to a great cause. All right, guys. Thank Thank you. Care. We'll see you later. Thank nice. You. All right, uh, we have bizarre file stories. Oh, real quick, I do want to remind you about the secret text word because I just touched on it. We didn't have much time, but uh, yes, if you text word secret to three nine three three three, we're going to send a word back to you later on. We'll ask you to call in with that word, and you could win. Uh, your choice of these concerts, MMRBQ, Jimmy Buffett, Corn and Stained, Dropkick Murphys, and Rancid, uh, Megadeth, or Slipknot. Uh, and these shows are part of the Return to Live Summer Concert Ticket Special, which you can get the details at WMMR.com. So make sure that you do that now. Here we go to the Bizarre Five. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Five. Brought to you this morning by... PA Career Link. There we go. So, uh, educational data systems. Match your skills and apply to thousands of job listings at pacareerlinkchesco.org. A landlord by the name of Jorge Arias was arrested for burglary on July 23rd. He's accused of entering his tenant's unoccupied apartment and trying to sniff her underwear. Yoo-hoo! Is anyone home? Oh, good. <laughs> The tenant reported that on several occasions, Arias would come into her bedroom and her daughter's bedroom and go through their clothing, including their undergarments. Oh, my God. After the tenant began to suspect someone was coming into their home, she began attempting to make it difficult to enter it. She barricaded one entrance, (laughs) though Arias had used another door to enter. The tenant set up hidden cameras throughout her home, her bedroom, and her daughter's bedroom to prove that someone was coming in when no one was home. And the video shows Arya's entering her apartment through a side door, going into the bedrooms, finding female underwear, oh bringing God. them to his nose, apparently in an effort to sniff them. So that's as far as it went. He wasn't doing anything besides that. He wasn't nope. touching himself or anything, right? Well, no, not that I know. He, right. was just, he was just getting a, a nose full. Just the way, you know, the old classic way. Uh, she also reported that on at least one occasion, Arias entered her apartment while her daughter was home alone. He appeared to be oh startled God. when he saw her and left immediately. Uh, police further investigated the case and ultimately applied for an arrest warrant. He was taken into custody without incident and was charged with burglary in the third degree. Jesus. Uh, this isn't something you want to see pop up on your phone when you're getting ready to board an airplane. A United Airlines flight was evacuated ahead of takeoff at San Francisco International Airport on Thursday after a teenager sent a photo of an airsoft gun to other passengers on board via airdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you can do that. Yes. You, you look uh-huh. on airdrop and you can see if there are people around you that are open to receiving from anyone. Right, right. And you can send them stuff. 
Uh, everybody on board, and because it was a gun, everyone on board was forced to deplane and go through security a second time. Uh, the teen was not allowed back on the flight. The spokesperson for the airport said the teen did not have the gun on him, and it was determined the photo was taken at an earlier time at a different location. Uh, he added the evacuation was out of an abundance of caution. So what prompted him to do that? Was he just trying to be a dick? I don't know if he was messing with people yeah, or what, yeah. but yeah, law enforcement uh, officials are working with United to review the issue. James R. Parker Jr. passed away from injuries after being shot with a crossbow. Oh, boy. Yeah, so New York State Police responded to a residence for a report of a man shot with a crossbow. When the trooper arrived, ambulance and uh, medevac were already on scene administering medical aid. A preliminary investigation of the scene revealed that Parker and another male were attempting to kill a skunk outside the residence. <laughs> He's attempting to kill a skunk and shoots himself with a crossbow? Uh, well, I don't know if he shot himself oh. or the other. So the other man, yeah, he shot the crossbow at the skunk. Mm. And it appears that Parker was unintentionally hit with the bolt. Oh, Jesus. So I don't know if it, you know, if it... it caromed off of something or if he just shot it right at him or what the other man probably a robot skunk and it skipped off its metal armor called 911 and rendered aid to parker before emergency medical professionals arrived that's horrible man jeez all right how about this the college square mall in morristown tennessee shared footage of a young black bear that paid a visit and seemed to be trying to find a way inside the movie theater is there a Sparrows in here? Uh, the mall <laughs> says that uh, two bears were spotted in the area last week, and one of the animals was caught on camera hanging around the entrance to some stores. One for a quiet place, please. Uh, the young bear was recorded at the mall's main entrance and <laughs> at the entrance to the AMC movie theater. We're watching the footage right now. He yeah. has a, There's a look of intent. I think he was there to see a movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is the Werenberg Theater's uh, thing. You guys wouldn't know this, but I do. Uh, the mall. Whether post- you're a human or a bear, we've got concessions to make your movie watching experience top notch. Uh, Whether it's the popcorn or the salmon bites. <laughs> uh, the mall posted about it on Facebook, writing, In all seriousness, please be cognizant of two bears in our area. Do not approach or feed the bears, they said. So. You don't feed the bears. No. A 23-year-old woman has apparently become the second social media star in China to plunge to her death in recent weeks while recording herself on camera. Uh, Xiao Quimei was a crane operator who shared videos of her career to a reported social media audience of about 100,000 followers. In her final video, she's speaking into a camera in what appears to be a crane cabin when the camera suddenly switches to images of blurry equipment whizzing past the lens. She fell about 160 feet. So she was in one of those high-rise cranes? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, And by the way, another social media influencer, which I reported on in the Bizarre File, Sophia Chung of Hong Kong, fell to her death on July 10th. She was taking pictures. uh, She was taking a selfie for Instagram next to a waterfall. But witnesses say uh, Kimei had fell to the ground with her phone in her hand on Tuesday, after most of her coworkers had left the site, hey guys, part of her reported I just fell 150 feet. Part of her reported appeal to social media followers was that she did not appear to fit the rugged image of a crane operator. She was uh, petite and pretty, and looked even younger than her reported 23 years. Oh my! As she was said to be the mother of two children. That's terrible. Now the family has confirmed her death, saying that it was the result of an accident, not a an internet stunt. Like she wasn't right taking pictures on purpose. Or, when you sit up there in one of those things, I assume you're wearing. Are you wearing a seatbelt? I assume you would be, right? I would think so. 
but I do not know. Huh. All right, and then uh, one last story. An Australian activewear firm has been fined $5 million uh, for claiming its clothing eliminated and stopped the spread of COVID. Uh, Lorna Jane had advertised that its clothing used a groundbreaking technology called LJ Shield to prevent the transferal of all pathogens. Oh, yeah, it's got the LJ Shield in this one. <laughs> However, in a ruling, a judge said the company's claim was exploitative and predatory and potentially dangerous. Lorna hey, Jane, you wear these panties, you won't get pregnant. Lorna Jane said it accepted the court's ruling, and the company maintained that it had been misled by its own supplier. They said a trusted supplier sold us a product. That did not perform as promised. They led us to believe the technology behind LJ Shield was uh, being sold elsewhere in Australia, the USA, <laughs> China, and Taiwan, and that it was both antibacterial and antiviral. We believed that uh, we believed we were passing on a benefit to our customers. Yeah, don't you think it would be a bigger story if there was a garment you could wear that would repel yeah. COVID? Yep. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you for now. We'll take a break. Uh, a little bit later on, we're going to have uh, the voice of Bugs Bunny, Yosemite Sam, Sylvester, and more from uh, the Space Jam movie. And he's from the area, Jeff Excellent. Bergman. So we'll take a break, come back in a moment. Oh, and we have another movie screening passes Woo! that I can give away for The Suicide Squad uh, next Tuesday, the 3rd, at AMC Fashion District. It's a 7 p.m. show. If you'd like to go to that, We'll take callers 14 and 15 at 215-263-WMMR. It opens in theaters and streams on HBO Max on August 6th, but the screening is on August 3rd if you'd like to go. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hi, my name's Asia. I own Brooks Breakfast and Lunch Cafe. We are at 1139 West Benjamin Franklin Highway, right on 422. We are breakfast and lunch, please. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Next message. Hi, this is Jason from Dextool.com. We recycle broken skateboards into really cool furniture and home goods. Our products, such as stools, wall hooks, and shelves, are fun and super functional. They're great gifts to skater in your life. We also do custom work for businesses and restaurants. We can design and build custom bar surfaces, such as bar tops and tables, using recycled skateboards or other reclaimed material. We love working with interior designers and architects. Our website is dextool.com, D-E-C-K-S-T-O-O-L.com, or Skate or Design on Etsy or Dextool on Instagram. Thanks. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Let's do some shout outs and acknowledge mm. some pipples real quick here. I got this uh, email. It says, long shot uh, since I'm... Sure, you get this all the time, but I thought I can't hurt to take a chance. My boyfriend, Dan, is a huge fan. He's always referencing something that he learned or found funny on the shows. Drives truck all day, podcasts, shows every day. Uh, he used to, get all, used to call in all the time, but uh, changed jobs about a year ago and now has to do the podcast. His birthday is, oh, it's a month from now. It says 828. Listen, better to be on this side of it than yeah. late. Uh, don't, guys, I love you to death. Don't reach out a month yeah. in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just a couple of days, it's going to get lost, or this is going to happen. Right. So I'm going to do it now. Yeah. Uh, so she said, uh, thank you for reading. Always looking forward to driving into work with you guys. You have been, uh, we have been longtime fans, even before WMMR, and that is from Kelly. Uh, so here's a shout-out to Dan from Kelly, and no mm-hmm. last name, so I 
guess you know who you are. God, that'd yeah. make a great movie from Dan to Kelly. From Dan to Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Casey, you had, I have a couple more. But yeah, I got a couple we'll as well. So why don't I uh, jump let's, in here for one? Let's go back and You'll forth. go back and forth. So this is a shout out to Miguel uh, and then specifically to his daughter, Sayla. Uh, I was at Pinocchio's Pizza last night, and these guys were there. Sayla is like eight or nine years old, and she's a huge fan of the show. Oh, uh, her mother listens to us. Uh, sh- you know, she lets her listen to whatever she wants, kids pop or whatever. But while she's in the car in the morning, taking her to school, it's Preston, Steve, or nothing. And All so right. Sayla is a huge fan of the show. Cool. Always wants to call in with her stories. <laughs> so this shout out is for you, Sayla. That's cool. We should take that. Yeah, right. should take calls from kids. This one says, uh, hey, Jess and Jimmy Gregg are longtime fans of the show and longtime listeners of WMMR. I'm sorry. Jimmy Gregg made me think of I, my friend Will uh, makes up a character called, um, uh, oh, man, is it uh, Robert Bob or Bobby Robert? Bobby, Bobby Robert. We call him Double Bob. <laughs> Double Bob. Anyway, uh, Jimmy Gregg and uh, Jess are longtime fans of the show. Uh, their daughter, Bryn, has just been... Oh, this is sad news. Just been diagnosed with leukemia oh. and has uh, been released from CHOP after a week of testing. She is now has to endure two and a half years of treatment. She's five years old, mm. has a long road ahead of her, and I would like to send a shout-out to Bryn for a speedy recovery and to send my love to Jess and Jimmy and that it says, from who's Lou? So is this Lou? Oh, this what? is Lou. Oh! Oh, man. All right, so a shout out uh, to that little sweetie friend. And uh, five years old, my goodness. All right, well, hang in there, gang. Everything's going to be good. Uh, Let's see what else I have here for you. Uh, Case, you had one? I do. I have another one. Again, this is from last night. We did a nice bike ride last night. Uh, We started at Pinocchio's, ended at Pinocchio's. Uh, You know, I I was trying to buy pizza and some Michelob Ultra for my team. I went to go pay my bill, and Caitlin, our... um, our server said, no, this has already been taken care of. So I got to give a shout out, a shout out, and a thank you to Matt Furley and Seth Malin for taking care of our bill last night. You they guys just did, they picked it up? They, they picked it up. Oh, they did that's not so have nice. to do that. And then so two guys joined our ride last night who are not on our team. They just saw the post on social media. The dude with the beard. Dude, you were real. I forget your name, but you were really, really funny. And uh, please send me an email so I can so I know who you are. Dude but, with the beard. Dude with the beard. He All was right. really funny. Okay. Uh, this one says, hey, guys, I'd love to request a shout out for my mom's 60th birthday, Friday, July 30th. So we're a couple of days ahead of that. Uh, her name is Candy. She's a sorority girl and the biggest fan of your show going back to your DRE and Y100 days. Thank you so much. That is from Dina K. O'Neill. So here you go. That is for your mom. We need a uh, sorority event soon. Yes, we yeah. do. Uh, and then, last one. I'd like to request a birthday shout-out for my coworker and friend, Melanie McCabe. She's a Philly girl who relocated to Florida, but her heart is still there in Philly. She's been a huge fan of your show for a very long time. And I noticed she listens to you every morning has even gotten me to start listening to you on Spotify. Uh, a shout-out from you guys for her birthday on Friday would mean the world to her. So we're a day early on this and says, thank you, Clarence Ratliff. So here you go. Ah. I don't know how you found us on Spotify. Are we on Spotify? I guess we are. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our yeah. podcast is on there. Rock on. Excellent. Told you how much I know about our show. <laughs> wow. What are we on again? I don't know. Uh, but I do know that yesterday, and we missed this, and I would have brought it up yesterday. Yesterday was National New Jersey Day. Yeah. And I... I had no idea that there were national state days. Okay, Listen. so National Pennsylvania Day was, I guess, a week ago or so. It was so. on my birthday, and they didn't tell me. I didn't it's know. It's July 20th. I mean, there's every sub 
level food in the world gets its own day. Why not an entire state of people? So I saw a few little New Jersey facts that were in this article about National New Jersey Day. I thought it'd be worth makes it kind of special. We just found out that John Bon Jovi got his own rest area, yes, his own service area somewhere on the pencil or on the New Jersey Turnpike. Uh, He's a cowboy, you know. And so did Connie Chung and James Gandolfini and Frank Sinatra. It's pretty cool. A few people we weren't familiar with, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, So New Jersey was the third state to ratify the Constitution of the United States of America. They were the first state to ratify the Bill of Rights. Uh, New Jersey's central location amidst the 13 colonies during the colonial era made it home to several battles during the Revolutionary War. And while it's uh, the most densely populated of the 50 states, its nickname, the Garden State, rings truer today than any other time with blueberries, cranberries, and peaches from New Jersey found in markets across the eastern seaboard. I love blueberries. I do, too. I've been eating them a lot lately. You know what my my latest snack has been in the evening as opposed to ice cream? I've I've always been an ice cream. uh, Is blueberries, raspberries, pineapple... In plain yogurt, like yeah. no flavor yogurt at all. Right. Some granola and then honey on that. Well, that's a little meal. Loving it. Yeah. I mean, because that, that... <laughs> identical. Identical. I would say that that puts you calorically under Probably your ice cream. Probably around ice cream. Yeah, yeah. But just in that realm. But I get to have a little, a little more, healthier. A little more. A little healthier. Right? And I have a little more than I would of the ice there cream. You go. I don't mm, mind nice. that flavor, but the uh, that much fruit, for some reason, I, I have Ma- a... Makes you poop? No, no, no. But I do have a, like a physical, like biological reaction in my mouth. All uh, that acidic, uh, yeah. that, that citric acid? Mm-hmm. It can. Sometimes made a mess in my mouth. <laughs> Sometimes too much of uh, real citrusy fruits, yes. like oranges and stuff like that, will... Cause my stomach to act up. A oh little yeah, bit. no, that's the truth. It's a lot, you you got to watch fruit. It's a dicey, yep. get it yeah. subject. Uh, by the way, going back to New Jersey. Sorry yes. to derail for a moment. No, there. no, no. Uh, but in this article at the very end, uh, it says Central Jersey does exist. Yes. So I think mainly the the state is split into north and south. Yeah. Uh, but I guess there is a Central Jersey where that little squish, that little you know. And it's lovely. But there, comes in. there's definitely a debate amongst New Jerseyans as to where the split for North and South is. Ah. Well, you got the pull of, of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, and you got the pull, of course, of New York. Right. And, yeah. and so any, you know, there's a certain point at which everyone... I think Princeton kind of goes both ways. It like does. Cranberry, you know, yeah. that, that area, Dingleberry. that stretch. Dingleberry yeah. is uh, mostly North. Uh, but Dingleberry, like, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's very unpleasant. <laughs> it smells bad. But um, Steve, like the the lore of the city of New York City, yes. uh, sports teams, allegiance, and really, there's only one or two true New Jersey sports teams, and I think that has something to do with I, it. It too. certainly does. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. So the I always thought maybe 195 was that split. You know, everything north of 195 yeah. is North Jersey. Yeah. You know, but I I don't really know. Where all right? So where is all right? What's more, North? New Jersey? Uh, it, Princeton is more north than Trenton, right? Uh, by a little bit, yeah. They're they're pretty close to each other. Trenton is where it is as the capital because it's in right. the middle of the state, right? Uh, it's interesting how states split up like that, uh, though. You know, I mean, you, you take uh, like even the tiny ones. I mean, like Delaware. There's, yeah, they slower, lower. You yeah, know, you hear mm-hmm. about that. And Dover's in the middle of that state for the same reason. Harrisburg's in between. Uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh for the same reason, and that, that's yes. why those cities are the, are the capitals, right? And you know what? Pennsylvania, speaking of Pennsylvania, it's a giant state. It's a huge mm-hmm. state, I mean, as, as opposed. Yeah, I mean, you have Texas, which is in a realm of all its own, and, and Alaska, obviously, but Pennsylvania is just 
so massive and it's just getting from one end to another uh, that the other side, that western side, doesn't even really register. Yeah. When I I used to, and, when and I'm sure we don't register to, to that side. There was a time when I was doing stand-up where I was very much in western PA a lot. And um, t- taking that drive across the state, I remember the first few times I did it, I'm like, mother of God, this is a big state. Yeah. It's and funny, I, too, because... I guess it's east, west, and Pennsylvania in the middle, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, Alabama right in the middle. The yeah. um, If you're in... Newark, New Jersey, and and the you know the oranges they don't really consider themselves North Jersey, but we do. Like the the areas outside of New York City uh, aren't necessarily North Jersey to those people. But I know what you mean. But uh, but like, to New Yorkers, they are right. Right. Yes. It's a like, weird. The, the lines are weird. Hoboken. Yeah. A lot of people uh, are uh, you know considered sort of uh, New York. Yeah. Mm, adopted. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Or, adopted. You know what I mean? Adjacent. Yeah. Like the sixth borough. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. 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 Uh, which, by the way, hang on a second. We're getting a couple of calls here concerning this, and I'll go to a couple of other facts and figures. Cameron is on the air. Cameron, good morning. Good morning. How we doing? Good. Well, What's up, buddy? Uh, not much. So I am a South Jersey native. I was born in Philly, but I'm a South Jersey native. Uh, there's no, no such thing as Central Jersey. There oh. is Northern <laughs> South Jersey and Southern North Jersey. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. There you go. There's so no Central Northern, New Jersey. Northern <laughs> South Jersey and Southern North Jersey. And okay. where's the line for you? I would say about Princeton because it's about two-ish hours, an hour and forty-five if you drive fast enough. Um, about uh, from us, so that's that's definitely like the cutoff for me because um, right. that's usually where you get into the pork roll, Taylor ham kind of fading <laughs> in and out. So, uh, so yeah, the, I always I always reconcile it against the turnpike, uh, Cameron. So I'm like, you know, what exit? And that that always, you know, to to me. So what what exit would you say is the appropriate dividing point of New Jersey? Hmm, that, again, like, great point. So I go to school at Stockton, um, so everybody is uh, Parkway exits. And I would say okay. probably over up by where the uh, – I forget what that bridge is. Whatever, like, the eight-lane bridge is yes. up there. Um, that's kind of where everybody starts to fade in and out. That's where you can kind of see New York. So I would definitely say around there. I think okay. that's a good call. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Cameron. Appreciate it, man. See you guys. I, li- I like the North, South Jersey, and South <laughs> North Jersey. Well, you just don't want to acknowledge a central New Jersey. So the first hospital named in honor of a nurse, Clara Maz Medical Center, is in Belleville, New Jersey. The first Miss America was chosen in Atlantic City in 1921. Of course. Yep. Do we know the name of that first Miss America? I don't, Steve. Okay. I'm sure we can find that out. It's Harper Lee's sister. <clears throat> oh, wow. And she was a looker. <laughs> she was. Uh, the first boardwalk. We look pretty nicely at my own to go. The first boardwalk in the world was built in Atlantic City, of, of course. course. In of 1870, course. by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the first ferry service in the United States. Operated between Hoboken and New York City. It's very magical. Uh, not like a flying oh, oh, F E R R Y. Hey, the um, horse that would jump off of the pier. Yes. Is that the only place that that ever happened? The steel pier? Yeah. I th- I don't, I've never heard of another diving horse before. You know how uh, that got di- started, right? It was the, the horse trampoline sport. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and they said, we need to up the ante on this. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think you. I think I there's a couple of places that might have it, Casey. But the one that I think is probably the best known yeah. would be that one. Yeah, Thornton Mellon used to open for him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Steve, the first ever Miss America was Margaret Gorman. Uh, she she lived until 1995. There was a lot of love <laughs> in the family. She had a very loving family. Yeah. Wow. When was okay. she born? Uh, 1905. So she lived 90 years. Wow. Uh, Hoboken is also home to the first organized baseball game. 
There you go. That was played in 1846. And also, New Brunswick lays claim to hosting the first college football game, November 1869. Anybody want to guess the colleges? They're still around. Uh, Brown versus Princeton. That's You got one of them, right? Princeton was one of them. Hmm. Harvard? Hmm. Penn. No. Rutgers? Rutgers. Yeah. Wow. Nice work, Steve. And Rutgers beat Princeton in the world's first college football game, uh, 6-2-4. Uh, the first, so they had three scores. The first six, two, four. Not not two. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Six against four. Uh, the first professional basketball game was played in Trenton in 1896. How about that? So the, the, not the places of origin, right? <clears throat> because basketball was invented in uh, Massachusetts. Yes, but I guess the first professional. Right. So once, okay. once they started paying people to play the game, right. for spectators, the very first game was in 1896. So wait but, a second. I'm, when did James Naismith invent the sport? Like. Of, of basketball. Of basketball? With I the peach know. baskets and all that. That's a good uh, question. Huh. Yeah. yeah. When was know. it? I think it was, well, it would have to be, I'd say, 11-15. 11-15. Okay, sure. No, 1896 is when the first professional Oh, I was way so off. So, 1891, basketball, which was two words. There was a court uh, established at Springfield College, and that's in Massachusetts. Say, fellows, I have a great way we can kill time. All right. Yeah, so just five years later, they turned it into a professional sport. Uh, the first drive-in theater in the world opened in, opened in Camden, New Jersey in 1933. And, man, you know, they're still they're, they're actually still doing well. They went almost completely away for a while, and then during the p- pandemic, you had yeah. new, new drive-in th- uh, theaters being built. Uh, at the time, they were called park-in theaters. Uh, the first medical school to open in New Jersey is more than fifty year in more than fifty years. Uh, Hackensack Meridian Medical School is located in Nutley, New Jersey. Isn't that where uh, the, uh, Valley Perrine's mother lived in Superman? Uh, Hackensack, yeah, Hackensack, I think. Yeah, Hackensack, right. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. In eighteen in the eighteen seventies, the first saltwater taffy was produced ah. on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Are you a fan of saltwater taffy? Um. Not anymore. I don't like As it. As a kid, yeah. I liked it. Certain uh, flavors. It doesn't do much for me. What? There's got to be certain flavors mm. that I can, I will, I can stomach. Okay. It seems like kind of a waste. Uh, it's like, it's not enough oh. flavor for the <clears throat> chewing. For what I'm eating. Yeah. And when it's I'm chewing. It's too much work. It's not worth the calories. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So if, if I'm going to go... Go yeah. big. Go big. Yeah, get, get some crazy ice cream, boy. Something like that. I, if somebody's eating something, I'm like, is it worth the calories? Like, should I do it? Yeah. <laughs> More often than not, people are like, no. Nah. More food stuff. Disco fries can only be found in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Wait a uh, second. French those? fries with melted mozzarella, which is then smothered in a brown gravy. And it's not the same as poutine. No, it's that's not different. curds. It also has a big uh, pubic bush. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Hey, by the way, I didn't know this. It says the now classic dish, Chicken Savoy, was first crafted in the Belmont Tavern in Belleville. It's cut up chicken rubbed with garlic, hard cheese, and herbs them roasted in a screaming hot oven and splashed with vinegar. That sounds kind of tasty to me. Ah! I might have to Oven's try Oven's ready. Um, the Italian hot dog consisting of pizza bread stuffed with deep fried potatoes, onions, peppers, and hot dogs was created in Newark in 1932. I've never, I've heard, never of heard of that. No. Uh, and Patterson and Plainfield both claim to be the first place to have created the chili dog. This on National New chili Jersey. Chili Yeah, Pat's. And then the last little bit of info about New Jersey on National New Jersey Day. English settlers named this place New Jersey after the province of Jersey, the largest of the Channel Islands. 
in England. I like that. You know what they didn't mention, though? They didn't mention donkeys. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. not that it was a first. But no, this it, is more historical. Okay, this more is a more historical, historical right. look at uh, at New Jersey. So, And by the way, I was not aware, and, and in this article, that um, bagels in New Jersey oh. are considered a big deal. I didn't, well, I've always heard New York it, is the yes. I think that's what it is. Yes. It's, yeah. it's the same. Okay. You, you can get the same bagels, but only in North Jersey. It'd have to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's closer they, they, to New York. They say that the, the, water, the water, the tap water in New York is the reason for the great bagel. And by the way, know. there's some great bagel places around here, and some have really nailed it, but there is something to be said. Kathy, I think you can back this up for, for the... Oh, w- Steve, I, yeah. listen, I'm sure there's great bagels around here, but uh, there is nothing. I would choose, I would drive to New York for a bagel than to go somewhere around here. So we have family that comes down fairly frequently, and they and will they, break, they will bring... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I need to do does. that. I, even, I don't think I've had a New York bagel. Before. Marissa, Kathy, um, I'm looking, trying to look it up quickly, but somebody was just voted best of Philly, where they leave <coughs> at like three o'clock and in the go morning, get them, go get bagels from New York, and we'll deliver them. Oh, to tell you. me who it is. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. I don't. If they're like, going to be three. They can get here by the time yes. the show started. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. I'm coming here. Yes. I don't really eat bagels anymore. Just again, not worth the right. calories Too much for me. Carbs. But if I can get my hands on a New York bagel, I'll eat it. Toasted bagel with, uh, so a sesame bagel scooped with uh, turkey and Swiss and mayo. That's so a perfect sandwich. That's, that's a sandwich, okay. That's yeah. another thing. I didn't, I only knew of them scooping the bagels in New York and mm-hmm. North Jersey than around here. I don't. I didn't yes. know. That was like, I learned that up there. You scoop. You scoop when you can. I'll yeah. take your scoop, guys. If you guys I'll take extra scoop on mine. Yeah. I miss, uh, I miss Manja downstairs and Kareem. He would make my bagels for me. And he, I would always get a everything bagel, toasted and buttered. But he would stab the bagel, yeah, and then butter it, so all the butter would seep it. You know, me and me. Can we just do that for you? So I didn't. I he was doing it for somebody else, and I'm like, what are you doing doing there? And it's the same thing with that that whole ranch dressing thing. I didn't invent it, Kathy. Right. Uh, and you I just made it better. But, yeah. So you do have a thing with butter with, and crevices. With, though. I do. I do. But yeah. when you can <laughs> seep that butter. Into a bagel, and it's just brilliant. So if you don't stab your bagel brilliant. before you butter it. <laughs> no, that's a legit. I like that. I like that idea of a technique. Mm-hmm. Stab, stab your bagel. bagel. But I don't butter it. I, I cream cheese it. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a cream cheese guy, and cream cheese wouldn't, uh, that, wouldn't do it. It's too thick. Yeah. It, it wouldn't work. But if you're going to butter it, that's a great idea. I will butter my, my wife's bagel that Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you butter, <laughs> butter your muffin. Butter her crevice. <laughs> hey, baby. Butter your bagel. Get some of the butter down in that hole. Oh. First, I need to stab it. <laughs> stab your crevice. It's funny how we talk about food every time. Like, we go, we start in Jersey, and now we're on bagels. I think we were talking about food when we were doing the Olympics thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah Big was, catch. That was Keith's fault. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to Tommy. Hey, Tommy, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Great, man. What's up, bud? Nothing. Talking about, I heard you guys talking about the uh, bagels delivered from New York. Um, the place is called New York Bagel Butler. New York Bagel Butler. And, this, and the whole model is predicated, their whole business is that they go get the bagels from New York and deliver them early? I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what Marissa was talking about. All right. Uh, twice a week. I forget what it was, like Thursdays and Saturdays, but you order 24 hours ahead of time. Okay. And then that following day, uh, whatever it is, Thursday or Saturday, they come out and deliver them to you right here in the city between 8 and 1, I think. Oh. I've used it a couple times, and the difference, like you guys have said, there's good good bagels here, but it just doesn't compare. It's a world of difference. You're saying hands and um, just completely, penises. yeah, hands and penises above everything else. Absolutely. 
Okay. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, man. I'll take your word for it, Tommy. Hang on. Marissa, yes? Yes, I'm on the website. They do it Fridays and Saturdays. You have to order by like 1 p.m. the day before. They'll deliver between 8 and 1 uh, that day. It's got to be expensive. Uh, yeah, I don't see prices yet because I'm on delivery zones. They'll go as north as like Willow Grove. They have three zones, Willow Grove to Juniata. Um, in Philly, it's like uh, South Philadelphia up to Strawberry Mansion. And then Kathy, they go as far East. I'm sorry, it's West as Conchalk. Oh. Oh. Yes. Wow. All right, I got to do this. Well, I'll drive over to Kathy's house on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And okay. Order them, have them deliver there. <laughs> we and can have bagels. Up. But yeah. this is real. My sister-in-law is from the Asbury Park area, and her and my brother have done like a bagel tour and tried every bagel in the city, and she said she can't find one that's as good All as right. a New York bagel to her. Okay. okay. What are the kind of food tours should be done? You've done a cheese tour. Ooh, pizza tour. Pizza cheese tour. tour. My yeah. friends and I are doing an espresso martini tour. That's a bit... Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> well, it's just very targeted. It's very specific. Oh. Yeah. There's like a... I don't know. There's some like trendy thing like Cache Pepe. <laughs> Do a Cache Pepe tour. What? Stop it. That's such a innocent thing. Cache Pepe. And there's a thing where we put... Uh, <laughs> Tapioca into little shot glasses and put us, and we we eat them out of Pringles cans. <laughs> is that a thing? That's yeah, a thing for us. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, well, Philly Mag is doing some great lists. They did the brownie tour. You talked about that, Steve, the other day. Brownies, doing, yeah, um, we could do that. Lasagna, Caesar salads. Do you know what I, I sent Preston? I sent you over an article today. Um, something that probably would would bear out would be the Whoopie Pie tour. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I, I don't know. They all eh. taste the same. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm like, they're all pretty much the same. And there's not much nuance in the in the whoopie. Do pie. you like them at all? Um, not really. Yeah, I mean no, they're I they're okay. You like them? No. Okay, they're okay. If I were gonna eat one, it'd be like a couple of bites, and that's yeah, yeah. For me. That's good. They remind me too much. My sister loved when we were growing up. Um. Uh, Susie Q's, Susie Q's, yeah, those were good. Yeah, pretty much the a little same bit. Thing. Yeah, it's almost like a a a, a dense chocolate cake uh, sandwiched with uh, with cream in the middle, and um, too much cream kills yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not big. I'm not. I'm not big. Whoopie I think guy. also with desserts, like you have to pick and choose, and because it's it's so decadent, you know, if you're gonna go in on a dessert, you you don't want to do it with a dessert you don't care that much about. It's true, and also what what will make. Oh, what is this? Oh, it's Susie, Susie Q. Q. Oh, I'm um, the uh, like, I like the little uh, Harvest does it. A few other restaurants do it, where you get like a, just a small little cup of a, of a pudding or something, a pudding, and uh, yeah, that, yeah, they'll really, do flights. It's they, really they, they all usually, you need. They, they have restaurants like that. Sometimes they'll do a dessert flight, uh, where you have little tiny little pieces of cake, pudding. and <laughs> puddings, and things like that. <laughs> Little uh, food blabas or whatever Camp Marissa said a moment ago. I don't know what those things are. Yeah, food blabas. Caccio de Pepe? Caccio de Pepe. What is it? I don't know. Okay. Marissa, what the hell is Caccio Caccio de Pepe? It's a a pasta dish, which is made with uh, Parmesan cheese. Mm. And that's it. They just like melt the cheese and a little bit of cream. Literally Literally cheese and pepper. pepper. Yes. It's really good. It's from... uh, Instead of saying cheese and pepper. You would do a tour of that? Well, so there's a new trend of... Like how much? It's not a lot of... Okay, I'm sorry. There's a new trend of all of these Italian restaurants that are opening and everyone's making their own fresh pasta. Oh. So you could do like a fresh pasta tour. How about we just do a mac and cheese tour? (laughs) Yes. Cacio, this is the text says, Cacio de Pepe is delicious, but make that crap at home, man. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I can make that. Right. Yes, you could not mess that up, Kathy. Can I get on the tour? Maybe. Can I ruin this entire break for you guys like I haven't already? Uh-huh. Yeah. National New Jersey Day is fake. 
What? It's a fake holiday. It was created by nationaldaycalendar.com. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. 90%, so 90% of these things yeah. are fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're simply promotional tools. Wait, but nationalcalendarday.com, isn't that where all of these national a margarita, national yeah. tequila was last weekend? Yes. So uh, the, there's a disclaimer on the top of the page. It said they began celebrating each state in order that they entered the union. So <laughs> that's why Philadelphia or Pennsylvania was a few weeks ago. Okay. That's why this is now. Um, but they did say that the real day is December 18th. Oh, by the way, I've never, I've never taken stock that these "quote unquote" national days are, are national. recognized yes. by the United States government. Well, because there's, yeah. there's been about this year alone, there's been about 180 oh national pizza days. Yeah, exactly. So. Whatever, it's just fun to talk As about. We can't figure out when Pancake's real day is because every three months is National Pancake Day. You're right. Yep. That's when uh, he became Pancake was on National Pancake Day. It's like stopped, Lobster Fest. Stopped yeah. off and bought us Dude, Pancake. Toyota Like Toyota Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pancake, he, his name could have been Scrapple if like, he started yeah. on Scrapple Day. National that would have been worse. That would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, that will wrap this particular segment because we got some other things to get to. We have a guest who's coming up in just a moment, and his name is Jeff Bergman. Uh, he's the voice of Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam and Sylvester. Very cool. The movie Space Jam. It would. Uh, it had a good showing at the box office a couple weeks ago, uh, and he's also done a bunch of other voice work as well. And he's from the area. Love it. And we also have a secret text word: your chance to win some concert tickets. You get to pick. By the way. Uh, between MM Barbecue, Jimmy Buffett, Corn and Stain, Dropkick Murphys, Rancid, Megadeth, or Slipknot. And yes, I'm quite aware there was a death in the in the band uh, Slipknot, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Jordison passed away. He was the original drummer. It's horrible. I'll get to that in music news. Um, but uh, yes, text the word secret to 39333, and we'll send that word to you. And we'll see if you can win a little bit later on. We're going to take a break. Come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay with us. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Imagine a world without cancer. Help make it a reality. Join me and Team WMMR on Sunday, September 19th for the 49th Annual American Cancer Society Bikeathon. We'll start by crossing the Ben Franklin Bridge, and there are multiple starting points in New Jersey. Each Team WMMR rider gets an official team T-shirt. Registration and complete details at WMMR.com. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. Our next guest is from Philadelphia. Was born here, yes, uh, and has been doing uh, voice work on uh, TV and film for years, and very high profile voice work for a long time. Yeah, uh, and this is really cool. Uh, if you've seen the mu- the uh, the the latest um, movie from uh, the Space uh, Jam movie, right? Um, he is the voice of Bugs Bunny, of Sylvester, of Yosemite Sam, Yogi Bear, Fred Flintstone, and others. And we are happy to have him on this morning. Please welcome Mr. Jeff Bergman Yay! to the show Yay! this morning. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Jack? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Doing great, man. That was that was pretty awesome to hear that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, I listen. I've heard your voice for years, and uh, you're the heir apparent to uh, the amazing, the genius uh, Mel Blanc. And we'll get into some of that in a little while. Uh, but tell us a little bit about uh, you growing up here in the Philadelphia area. 
Well, I am definitely born and raised in Philadelphia. I can tell you guys, I can remember seeing the movie Rocky uh, in 1976 when it came out. My mom took my brother and I to see it. Uh, We saw it in downtown Philly. And then I said, Mom, please, you got to take us to the art museum. And so, hey, listen, I ran up the art museum and said, Adrian, you're looking very sharp. No. Yeah, there you go. So you were doing regular impressions and uh, then started to port into cartoon stuff, animation stuff? Yes, yes. I was, uh, you know, I would do Steve Martin, whoever the voices were of the day of the 70s. And then I had a a very serendipitous thing happen. I met Mel Blanc while he was doing a performance at the University of Pittsburgh where I was uh, getting my undergraduate degree. And I just happened to see that he was going to be there found out where he was staying and not, and knocked on his door around 10 o'clock at night. I mean, can you imagine how yes. you doing that today? Right. Yeah, yeah, tell us. I know there's a funny story a behind story. That, that encounter. Can you relay that? Yeah, I, I, I knocked on his door around 10, 10.30 at night, and I heard a voice that kind of sounded a little like Barney Rubble, yeah. uh, just a jiffy. Yeah. And... <laughs> And I said, oh, my God, that's that's him. That's that's the Jedi Master. Yeah. <laughs> and so he opened the door. And he was like as, as big as a pin. And and I said, Mr. Blank, please just give me three minutes of your time. I saw your lecture at Pitt. I'm just I, I'm such a big fan. And he said to me, are you Jewish or Italian? And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, what's going to get me in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jewish. And he said, all right, come on in. Uh, <laughs> people don't, you know. I, I, I've I've long. I mean, the, the you know the 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 Looney Tunes and and the Fritz Freeling and Chuck Jones and the the the, the, the animation that was part of that Warner Brothers stable that was so uh, amazing. But people don't really appreciate, and some do, but a lot of people don't know how instrumental Mel Blanc was in the realization of these characters. That for me, and I'm sure for you as well, Jeff. They're real. I mean, they, you know, they, 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 there is Bugs Bunny is real, you know, and, and, and so growing up, that was a clinic in comedy. I always tell people if you want to get the most comprehensive look at how to be effective with physical comedy and and dialogue comedy, uh, those Looney Tunes, uh, Merry Melodies, they, they're uh, ingenious. So at a certain point, you're you become, you know, you, you get this information, you, you interact with Mel Blanc. And then another voiceover artist, um, I guess, passes was a Paul Freeze. Well, Paul Freeze passed away, yes, but it was uh, Dawes Butler. Dawes Butler, um, okay. And Daw- Dawes was the voice of Yogi Bear. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Jinx the Cat, you know, the, I hate those nieces. <laughs> I, mean, I love that, yeah. And, and so what was, your, what was your first, were you the, was your first, animated or or voice uh job was it the Pillsbury Doughboy uh no no it really was uh Bugs Bunny it uh, was Steven Bugs Silver. Bunny wow yeah. yep it's too dark it was the rabbit <laughs> so oh my god <laughs> i mean you must have been it must have been a it's an honor but b you must have been crapping yourself because that is mm. you don't start any bigger than Bugs Bunny so uh what was the pressure like it was incredible because Mel, I mean, he passed away eerily enough on my birthday. And oh, my then, God. And then three weeks later, they were casting for Tiny Toons. So uh, Bugs was the first voice I got. And and then Daffy, 
and then Sylvester, and then Sam, and then Fa- uh, I say I say Falcon Lacon, <laughs> and I say nice girl, but about as sharp as a sack of wet mud. <laughs> <laughs> I had Jeff. I, I was under the impression that because uh, I remember seeing an interview with uh, with Mel Blank in his later years on a, a talk show. It might have been the Tonight Show. I'm not sure, but his son Noel Blank was on with him, and I and and was starting to do some of the impressions as well, and thought that maybe he might be the heir to that. Did he have a career that you know of? Well, it really. It, Great that you bring that up because uh, at the actual callback auditions, I met Noel Blank, Mel's son, and he approached me and asked me if I was represented by anybody. And I, and I said, well, I, I, I was. I was represented by William Morris at the time. And he said, well, if you ever need anything, just just let me know. So it was almost like a kind of a, a half endorsement, I think, even though <laughs> I, I think he was vying for to do some of the voices as well. But, I mean, he was a manager to Mel. He he really took care of that. That was what I think he really did. Okay. Great, and, and all all deference to him. Um, you know, I, I never thought he was um that proficient at the voices. I know he 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 did them, and 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 you know he'd done some stuff. But um, I, you know, obviously you you are the main go to for a reason. So w- w- as you started to add characters to, by the way, Spielberg has always been a massive. Warner Brothers uh, fan, Looney Tunes fan, and, and that's you know that that's been in his deal. So so, did you actually have like an audition right in front of Spielberg, or how did you how did you nail the game? Oh, well, this is a cool story. I don't know why this just doesn't doesn't come out, but uh, what happened was when we were finished all the Tiny Tunes episodes, there, we had a rap party, and so I come in the studio, and Steven Spielberg is right there, and wow. he ushered me in the studio. And it's just he and I, like at the with a mic and just two chairs. And he presented me with a model sheet, which is a little storyboard of the characters. And he said, "Jeff, I want to thank you so much." And, and I'm, I'm just kind of shaking, <laughs> yeah. basically. And he said, uh, "This is for you." And I have it in my house, and it says, uh, "To Jeff, uh, Mel would be proud from Steve Spielberg." Oh, oh man. Yeah, it's, I didn't know it at the time, but it, years later I found out it, he was instrumental in selecting uh, uh, certainly Bugs Bunny, who would play Bugs Bunny. So, wow. Um, yeah, I Best was just wild. that much more honored, you know. But I didn't know it at the time. Um, Jeff, one of the things I was I was amazed at at, at Mel Blanc and, and people such as yourself, uh, but him specifically because. You know, his his voice was his instrument, and you do damage to that, and you're damaging yeah. your moneymaker. Yet, a character like Yosemite Sam screamed louder than anyone <laughs> or any character I had ever heard before. And I don't know how, because you do Yosemite as well, and how you could do all that screaming <laughs> and still have a voice left. Uh, voice left. Say, I'm a Hessian for aggression. <laughs> I hate that varmint. Ooh! You corn sarn engine rabbit. <laughs> one we, of our one of our favorite ones is where he's going through the coconuts. He's he's stranded on the island. Yeah. Toss coconut salad. Coconut pie. Yeah. Ugh, I hate coconuts. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, I mean yep. And, yep. and Mel Mel Blank was, you know, was responsible, obviously, with the great writers that they had and so on and so forth. But the realization of those characters was not simply, here, read this, have a funny voice. Right. Mel was instrumental in it. So, And you pay tribute to him each time you do it. Of all the voices that you do, obviously Yosemite Sam being a bit uh, taxing, what other one do you find that you need to work into a little bit? 
I would say probably the most complex voice is Fred Flintstone because the actor that originated that, that was his voice. That wasn't a put-on. Bugs right. Bunny's a put-on. Sylvester's a put-on. Fred Flintstone. Yeah, Fred Flintstone. He has a natural uh, sort of phlegm in his voice. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm in a lot of trouble with Wilma. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the voice of Bonnie Rubble, too, uh, Fred's next-door neighbor. Uh, watch me trick Fred out of his Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so did did uh, you had Yogi and Fred ended up in, in Space Jam, A New Legacy? Is and I, I didn't know that these Hanna-Barbera right. and other, uh, you know, other Warner studio Brothers. characters would, would dive into this Warner Brothers world. Yes. I, well, we didn't know that either. I mean, we only got certain scenes... And so we only had certain context, and then they had said to me, "Jeff, can you can you do Fred Flintstone for the film?" And I said, "My God, that'd be unbelievable!" And then it was, "Hey, Yogi Bear made his appearance too." <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, and so you never—I mean, you never really knew who was who was going to be in the film, who was going to show up in the serververse. Uh, but I mean, it, it, to, to do these characters that I I grew up with in in the late '60s, early '70s, uh, yeah, it, it's it doesn't seem real at times. Do you do you find so so uh, Jeff? There was a point in time in which they were casting. Obviously, there's a, there's a ton of animation being done now. I mean, you have Fox has a whole animation domination, you know, evening in prime time on their on their schedule. But with all this uh, stuff, they started calling from a lot of actors and notables. That that was a trend for a while where you'd have people, you know, being uh, put in these roles. And I remember a lot of the animation voiceover people were sort of up in arms saying, you know, this was um, this was not fair. Do you, was that going on to that affect you at all because you were doing these iconic characters? Or what was that like when that was the big thing? Well, you know, it, it affects everyone. It really does. I mean, you know, like, like you were so kind to point out, Mel Blanc is the godfather for everybody in the voice industry. There was nobody that got credit before him. I don't even know that there was anybody that did right. voices, that it was a thing then. And so he got that voice characterization. So that really helped make him a star. But, you know, celebrity voiceover, I mean, the studios feel that there's there's a lot of currency in having a celebrity do a, a voice. I mean, do I think Tom Hanks and Tim Allen did a great job on Toy Story? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. could they have had other actors do it? Yep. But maybe they wouldn't have come to see the movie. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of times, you know, actors that fly under the radar that don't have celebrity fame will see it and we'll, we'll hear the voice and we'll go, oh, come on. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> right. And, and it happens, you know. But, I mean, look, hopefully the best person always gets the job. It's not always the case, but, you know, that that's – we just want to be able to have – uh, you know, a shot at it. And, right. and sometimes, you know, you get that and sometimes you don't. Uh, speaking of of doing the job, um, you know, we're mentioning all these iconic characters uh, that, that you're the voice of, but also you've done some uh, some other things along the way with, with tons of shows like Rick and Morty and even Steve Mike Tyson Mysteries. Mike Tyson Mysteries, which is one of I think, is shows. one of the funniest. Uh, I, I, what, they do two seasons? Or I don't even, you know... Maybe, but uh, what what kind of work did you do on the Mike Tyson mysteries, Jeff? Oh my gosh! I mean, I I did some really strange things. I mean, I <laughs> love that show. I did, uh, I did once they asked me to do the voice of L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, oh my god, That's it was great. so much fun. I yeah, mean, I had hey. to watch. 
I had to watch hours of L. Ron Hubbard. And believe me, a little bit goes a long way. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't know what anything that guy ever said anything. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Between that, so you had, uh, the, the cast was great You had uh, for, for the series. You had Mike Tyson doing his own stuff, obviously. And then there was Norm MacDonald and, and other others as well. But, um, yeah, it's a gem if people haven't seen it. But with this wealth of animation that I was talking about earlier, uh, you know, do you end up... Does your phone ring a lot more, or are you predominantly still focused on these main iconic characters? Well, as far as Looney Tunes go, I mean, everybody has their memory of what, you know, Bugs Bunny sounds like, Fred Flintstone. So, I mean, I have to be at the ready at that. So, I mean, I try to to stay as uh, practiced and, you know, honed as I can on those characters. Because if you make a mistake, I mean, if you don't sound right, yeah. the fans, will, they'll come after oh, you. Yeah. We, we were talking to Kevin Smith yesterday about, you know, he's the showrunner on the new Masters of the Universe, the animated series on, the, on Netflix, and he was talking about how pedantic and critical the fan base can be you know, for those things. So I, I, and I, and we were going to talk to you today and I was thinking, man, to pick up the torch for, you know, Bugs Bunny and Fred Flintstone and these voices and you better do it right. Or those fans are going to go nuts. Did, have you, have you caught in your life, in your career, you know, really, uh, really bad blowback or has, has, have you had a pretty good run as far as acceptance? Most of the, most of the time, people are really nice, but you know, sometimes people come after you because when I started, okay, it was we're talking about the early '80s. It, we were in the analog age, so we didn't have digital yet. And as you, as you well know, very much so, uh, digital recording is very different. It has a, yeah. there's a clarity to it, but there's a little bit of a brittleness to the sound. Mm. And people grew up with those Looney Tunes cartoons, and that's that, those were you know, it's analog and it's tube mics, and they just sounded you know just bigger than life mm-hmm. and they recorded a lot of that stuff on the sound stage so you know i mean we don't we don't have that kind of sound today so immediately there's a difference right and but that doesn't matter you know if you're a kid and that's what you watch <laughs> with with chocolate milk and cheese doodles on saturday morning mm-hmm. you want it to sound like that yeah. so 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 yeah. speaking to that in the technology you 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 do uh, do you do a fair amount of stuff over zoom do, uh, you know uh, when you're uh, doing voice stuff, I assume you have a pretty competitive studio at home? We had to because we recorded the entire Space Jam New Legacy film remotely from home. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so I had to upgrade my studio system. I recorded Jellystone, which is the new Yogi Bear cartoon. Uh, that premieres tomorrow, and we recorded that. I did Cartoon President. I don't know if you guys knew that. I was uh, uh, Donald Trump. Ah, uh, for the, wow. The car- cartoon I mean, look, I did, look, we did a lot of tremendous things, Preston. <laughs> I mean, there's, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about how terrific we, I invented the vaccine. <laughs> C, CNN is not going to tell you that. The liberal media, they don't, it's okay. It's okay. We'll deal with it. It's all now, right. Now, there were, there were a, lot of, a lot of voices on that show. Did you do any other ones besides Donald Trump, the main character? I did Trump. I did also Biden. Hey, look. Hey, folks. All right, folks, look. Here's what we're going to do. All right, look. Three words. About three words, okay? That's what we're talking about. J-O-B-S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that was a great show. There was a, I, I got to get a lot of uh, angst out in that show. That's right. cool. That's cool. Hey, I wanted to ask more about your, your local connection, Jeff. I mean, you know, uh, born and raised here, but... Um, a brethren in radio is your brother. Those who used to listen to WYSP, uh, Matt and Huggy show. Yeah. Uh, yes. Huggy's your brother, right? 
Yes, Matt and Huggy. Yep, yep, you nice. got it. Um, my brother, I mean, he and I are so close. And we, we, in fact, I think my brother is in Philadelphia today. He lives in Boston, Massachusetts, but he's taking his girls on a trip uh, wow. to uh, Philly today. So uh, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so d- does he? Uh, obviously, he has a voice. We know we, you know, we would hear him, and he's obviously very competent. Did he at any point flirt with the uh, the voice work that you do, that concept? No, I, I don't think that was his thing, although he can do voices. I mean, he does uh, – who does he, he – does, he does a great Meryl Reese. <laughs> okay. That's cool. It's, it, it cracks. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, and, but, yeah, I mean, he is – he's he has a podcast with uh, Matt uh, uh, of, of uh, Matt and Huggy and also uh, Applehead – so the three of them are just so funny. I mean, they're they're just uh, I, I just I I love his voice so much on the radio. I just I miss him. You know, that's right. no, cool. Um, what else is so Space Jam uh, came out and it, it did really well at the uh, the box office. I, mean, I would imagine that's uh, that was a big undertaking as far as demands on you. Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, it was uh, it took us. It was about a year for the casting, maybe, and then about a year and a half just to record the film. And be, yeah, people said, "Did you ever meet LeBron?" And I said, <laughs> "I never met him once until literally the the screening." Okay, it's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of deflating because yeah. you know we always ask, and 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 it, it maybe and and for some recording sessions, we know for a fact that they the cast. Uh, on some animated films, you'd have at least two or three people in a room interacting with each other. But it, it's it's par for the course now. Everything is sort of, the lines are done, you know, one right after another. And, and the, the cast rarely, if ever, meets, correct? It's true. Yeah. Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, they only met at the premiere. They wow. had never met. So, But that's where good director comes into play. Our director, Malcolm D. Lee, was so great with context. I mean, he'd been working with LeBron on set so he really kind of knew how he wanted those lines read so I, I kind of almost felt like lebron was there in those in those zoom recordings uh jeff i had mentioned you know obviously that uh, mel blank handled all of those voices except maybe one yeah. or two here and there uh throughout that run of uh, looney tunes have you inherited all of the voices that he did all of those characters or are there a couple of other actors that needed to come in to do one or two that maybe you couldn't quite get well, let's see, Doc. Uh, voice, it's, uh, the, voice, it's the voice of the rabbit. Then, of course, there's Daffy Duck. Oh. Ooh, I told I a putty tad. I did. I did to a putty tad. Yes, you did see a putty tad. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you, little yellow bird. I'm just going to eat you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I love it. You, you, you start to smile. Those voices are such a part of you know um, our our collective lives you know and 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 uh, the the joy they bring it's interesting when when the the concept of space jam this this uh, lebron um you know champion diversion uh i i was wondering hey do, you know is is there still you know recognition for the the younger demo for a lot of these characters and Casey, you were saying that it it is that they're they're, they're you know they 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 still play yeah well so nick and i actually i think we had um uh opposing viewpoints because I thought the the real draw to the movie were, were the NBA players and right. it's not to say that you know cuz my son watched it you know right. he watched it with his friend but you know my son is a huge fan of basketball and I've tried to 
uh, introduce him to the cartoons that I watched when I was a kid. But Nick was saying that uh, that he thinks that you know the the cartoon characters still hold well, there, the certainly draw. yeah. There's certainly a timeless timelessness to Looney Tunes and to the comedy therein, and so it depends on when it hits them. But you know, even for me, like Tiny Tunes was a reintroduction into yeah. Looney Tunes. And so, you know, the, the, it's generational. And it, it, I don't know when Looney Tunes and Mer- Melodies started, but probably in the 30s or 40s, right? So th- the fact that this has been around for nearly an entire century and still continues to be commercially successful and funny, I think speaks to its timelessness. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of an edge to those characters. And I think that's why maybe they're not so dated. I think that there's just that appeal still to them. And, you know, like, I mean, when we were kids, you could watch uh, cartoons Saturday morning. Yes. You you knew where to go. So now I'll say I think HBO Max is trying to do that with the new uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. Of course, Space Jam you can see on HBO Max. Shameless plug. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I think there's a place that you can go to to see those classic cartoons cartoons but you're right though i mean a few years ago people were like bugs but what who what is yeah, that yeah yeah because yeah, it was it's starting to wane but it's been reinvigorated yeah i mean you know when i think back like who framed roger rabbit that kind of started everything yeah. then it was tiny tunes then it was animaniacs and you know we had show after show and and you know the simpsons was around 89 1990 so it was right after roger rabbit in 88 that was the animation revolution so um, I mean, they're now even talking about Space Jam 3 now. We're, we're, so, wow. wow. <laughs> Jeff, in, in, in that sphere of actors who do what you do, and, and more specifically, you know, not just voiceovers, but cartoony characters, for lack of a better word, you know, animated characters, but I like the word, I like yeah. the term cartoon. Um, you know, in, even that, that ports over into The Simpsons and other shows. Are you guys, um, are, you, are you friends with some of the other actors, uh, or is, it, is everybody aware of each other? No, we want to kill each other. Because yeah. <laughs> they're eating Job, up your gigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we're very competitive. I mean, there's no proprietary licensure to any of these uh, Warner Brothers characters or even Hanna-Barbera characters. So it's fair game. But, you know, it's kind of like there should be honor among thieves, you know. Right. It, it, right. Uh, we try to be, uh, you know, respectful, but... It is very competitive, you know. It, it, I'm not going to say it isn't because it is. Hey, have you have you picked up any uh, video game work? Because a lot of voice artists will do um, video game work as well. I don't know if that's something that you're interested in or have done. I have. I mean, in fact, we just did uh, the Bugs Bunny Space Jam Xbox game. So, ah. So yeah, I did uh, Sylvester and obviously Bugs for that. I don't. I can't remember if Sam is in that. He might be, but, but yeah, it's, it, I mean that was a huge project, the Xbox game. We've heard that it's that, and people that we know that have done it, have done voiceover work. Say it is you. You are you. You have little snippets, and it's like you know nine thousand variations on the same line, and all this sort of you know intense sort of stuff. Was that your experience? Uh, yes, yeah. it was. Uh, I mean, it was so. I remember doing a. I mean, this this kind of. Uh, uh, it, 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 I think typifies it. I was doing a a session in the '90s for Fruity Pebbles, where I was Barney Rubble, and I said, uh, "Watch me trick Fred out of his cocoa pebbles. Watch me trick Fred out of his cocoa pebbles. Right. <laughs> Watch me trick Fred out of his." I said, "How many ways do, it, does it take to say you know? Watch me trick Fred out of his fruity pebbles." And the advertising person said, "As many ways as it takes to get it right, Jeff." Right. Oh well, there you go. They're right. they're they're paying the bills so they can do that. Yeah. Uh, so you got yeah. You know, it's it's it could be a. I mean, we did we shot the end scene to Space Jam. I think 
I mean, it took us 25 minutes. I must have done 50, 60 takes because we didn't know how we were going to end the film. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, cool. Did you ever do any work on uh, SpongeBob SquarePants or, or shows on Nickelodeon? I have not done anything for SpongeBob, but I know Tom Kenny very well, oh. and, and he's he's a pal. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah that's cool, man. <laughs> nice. So, well, listen, we, uh, we this is just great hearing these voices. I love the fact that you're from this area and that uh, you've been in this for so long and and able to uh, go toe to toe or or to carry the mantle yes. of the amazing Mel Blank because uh, he was such a rare talent. Uh, and for one person to be able to step in and, and do all that is is pretty damn impressive. So uh, it's really cool stuff. Uh, anything else is it's coming up on on the radar that you want us to be aware of? Well, we've got uh, Jellystone, where I do uh, the voice of Yogi Bear, and of course Ranger Smith. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't touch that picnic basket, Yogi Bear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jinx the Cat and Wally Gator, everybody's favorite alligator. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, wait, did I read you do Droopy as well? Hello, folks. My name is Droopy. I'm very, very excited, folks. Iconic, right? It's just the yeah, best. Man. It's awesome. Excellent. All right, Jeff, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. Continued success, and we'll talk to you down the road, okay? Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, it. Yep, Jeff yeah. Perfect, guys. Uh, Space Jam, the new a uh, new legacy. Uh, he is the voice of all those characters, which is excellent. Hearing uh, him doing you know phenomenal job nailing so many of these iconic characters, but yeah. I, I always think of, and, and I, I still have it, uh, uh, the uh, original lithograph that the Warner Brothers stores would sell and it was the speechless um, oh yeah yeah His, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blank they're died. all bowing yeah, to him. yeah yeah that was pretty cool uh when he did when he started doing the Sylvester uh <laughs> that was great I, I always think there was a line from one of those Sylvester uh Tweety and Sylvester's where he's, he's talking to Tweety he's like we're going to play a new game now it's called Fanwich. <laughs> And I, just, I don't know why, but I always think, I mean, you, you climb in between these two pieces of bread. <laughs> of course, he takes a bite and just misses right, him by right. just a smidge. I can quote so many of those. There's so many. I mean, oh. watching them now, I will I will um, fall down <laughs> laughing because they're, they're brilliant. A lot of those writers that were writing those Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons were writers who were writing for the Marx Brothers and writing for Laurel and Hardy. I mean... They would do that those jobs as well, so that's why those were really considered adult cartoons. Did you say Floral and Hardy? Floral and Hardy, yes. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a repeated gag, and, and we've talked about like the, the one with the piano, ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> that are the ding 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 ding. No, you do it like this. Ding 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 ding. They did that seven or eight times. Yes, hilarious every time. Yes, there was another repeating bit with Yosemite Sam. Where he'd be either on a horse or a dragon or a camel or whatever, and he's trying to get it to stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said whoa. <laughs> and like every time great. something different would happen, the, the horse would stop and he would go flying into a wall. Yeah, or the horse wouldn't stop and he would run ahead of the horse <laughs> and beat it with his like gun or running his... backwards. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Just priceless, just absolutely hilarious. There's a there's a YouTube clip uh, called "Dragons is so stupid," where he's a knight, right, he's the yeah. Black Knight, and he's yeah. riding on the dragon. 
Dragons is so dragons. stupid. So stupid. It's when the dragon sneezes inside a room full <laughs> of, like, TNT, <laughs> and the the castle takes off like a rocket. Right, right. Oh, my God. I I need to go back. Yeah. And and watch some of those. You have them all, I right, I do, Steve? yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I adore them. I, the, again, I... I I learned so much about comedy, just even the way comedy is directed. These movies, these cartoons were directed like um, theatrical movies with, um, you know, the point of view, over-the-shoulder shots. There, sure. was, there was just weird things that that animation, they, they were just winging it. And they, it and was orca- so creative. Orchestra, you know. Oh feeling. Listen, I, I asked uh, my Giacchino how in the world... They could the orchestra, the music could choreograph to have this music yeah. written out because a lot of times there's no tempo. I mean, they're going to like the what's happening on the scene, like when the anvil comes down and hits, and they're hitting these. I don't know how the hell those musicians did that. It is extremely complex. <laughs> One of the best is when Bugs is they, there's like these these complete hillbillies are trying to kill him. And so he, um, they go into a like a dance hall, the square dance. Yeah, the square dance. Oh. Yeah. Now, grab yeah. your partner, yeah. pound him in the head. Yeah. And he has them beating the hell out of each yeah. other. They're dancing. pulling his beard in, stick him in the eyes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they end up in a hay baler. And right. oh my god, here Casey brought up this. Played the cartoon here in the studio, press of the screen with the uh, yeah. the square dance. Oh my god! I uh, mean, ingenious stuff and yeah. stuff that was so wrong but so wonderful. Speaking of square dances, don't we have a clip of Beck? Yes. Uh, did you send yeah, yeah. that over? Yeah. The the uh, the guy who um, and he goes by the YouTube handle. I think it's I I, I ruined there, there this. There I ruined it. There I ruined it. I've not heard this yet. Is okay. it good? It's kind of funny. It's okay. Beck Loser done as a square dance. Okay. I wanna I wanna hear this. Um, yep. You got that? Yep. All right. Here we go. So- Turkey in the straw, yep, this point. Yep. Okay. You can't ride if you can't relate. Trade the cash for the beef, for the body, for the hate. And my time is a piece of wax. <laughs> Falling on a termite, you're choking on the splinters. So. I'm a loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? I love it. I remember uh, in elementary school, the square dance was how they taught you your left and right. <clears throat> and that, so in gym class, we would, uh, I think it was second or third grade, uh, that was, uh, we would, <laughs> there'd be a point in the school year where we would do square dancing. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we did it in gym. Yeah. Yeah, every gym, year. exactly. It's where we went. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and at the beginning, I remember, I'll never forget this because each time it was at the beginning, it was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to hold hands with a girl yeah. and do this. You know, promenade. And by the end of the week long thing or whatever it was, we were killing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually, oh, I it, it actually it. ended great. up becoming fun after I a while. I want to kiss you. <laughs> yeah, I want to kiss you. 
But I remember then you got used to it. Yes. And then, then you started, you, you found out what Alaman left was and, and promenading yep, and, yep. and all that stuff. And it, it ended up being kind of fun. But it is about the whitest dance ever <laughs> created in the history yeah. of humanity. Um, uh, I know we got a. Ra- oh, okay, so I was going to play it. Uh, uh, well, I got, what, I got, what, a diff- what? I got a different one for oh, you. Okay, then, I was going to play the point. coconut. Uh, I had that too. Yosemite Sam, but I, this is the dragons is so stupid. Here we go. <laughs> Don't sneeze, you stupid dragon, or you'll blow us to the moon. <laughs> oh, and then we, that's all we have. Damn it! And he blows him. His dragons is so stupid. All right, here's the coconuts. Toss coconut salad. <laughs> Fresh coconut milk. <laughs> New England boiled coconut. Do I hate coconuts? I have looked high and low yeah. for video of Mel Blanc in the, stu- in the studio recording, and I can't find it anywhere. It must not exist because <laughs> YouTube doesn't have anything. Unless I've I've must- seen it. I've seen have you? short clips or maybe just stills is what I've seen, and I think I've seen actual film, but I've seen him at the mic recording. I've seen him on, like, he used to be going, like, the Steve Allen show and stuff yes. like that and, and do characters, or maybe he was on uh, on uh, Ed Sullivan, and uh, and I've seen him do that stuff, but, right. I, but I never have seen him recording some of those uh, iconic characters uh, on the mic. I would love to see a definitive, uh, you know, documentary that has that footage. Hang on, here's this. <laughs> The whole thing. Or you'll blow us to the moon. <laughs> Dragons is so stupid. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's take a break and come back in a moment and get you some bizarre file stories. They are on the way, so make sure that you stay with us. We will be back in just a moment. Don't forget the secret text word. Chance to win some concert tickets to a whole bunch of different concerts. You get to choose one. Secret 39333. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Royal Blood. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Oh, this is really cool. Uh, Thank you to our friend Rob McElhenney. He had... um, uh, forwarded the link or posted a link on Twitter of our um, Radio Hall of Fame oh, nomination for that's people very to vote. Cool. And he wrote, in 2005, we couldn't get anyone to promote Always Sunny, yeah. but these guys and this show were champions from day one. They played a huge role in spreading the word and keeping us on the air. Uh, congrats to Preston and Steve on this Radio Hall of Fame nomination. Dude, that's Dude. so cool. Yeah. That's He's so a, nice. He's a good man. He is a good man. And so, and his wife is is a wonderful person. I, I genuinely respect both of them. Uh, they're decent people who uh, haven't forgotten where they came from, even though they don't need to do this type of thing. They certainly don't have to. They do it anyway, and uh, it's not lost on us. Wow. Yeah. That I, means a lot. I, I didn't expect that. That's really, really cool. Thank you, guys. We love you guys very, very much. Wow. All right. Um, I have Bizarre File stories are ready to go. No. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Dermatology Associates of Plymouth Meeting, recruiting for a vitiligo study to test an investigational treatment. Maybe I should do this. You could, because, hey, there's uh, there's reimbursements that are available, possibly. So, uh, adults 18 to 75... 
You made it in there. Yes, barely. Uh, you can get information <laughs> at Plymouth Meeting Dermatology. Dot com. Okay, some I don't know how this story is really weird, and there's not a whole lot of explanation. And Bowling Green, Kentucky police say Allison Hargis intentionally caused the death of Philip Stewart when she shot him numerous times with a BB gun from the window of an apartment. See? Shot him with a BB gun. I to told death. you. <laughs> What'd you tell us? Yeah. It's dangerous. You shouldn't be playing with BB guns. Uh, police say the shooting <laughs> happened Saturday night. Stewart was standing in the parking lot when Hargis shot him. The victim was found unconscious, and a person on scene began life-saving measures until EMS arrived. So Ooh. it says here, it says, shot him numerous times. I was thinking maybe a fluke thing. Heart attack, perhaps? Uh, maybe out of fear? I, I, I could eat like know. a CO2 pistol, maybe, but, but I mean, that, that only barely. Yeah. Even, even, even a CO2 pellet will only go so far right. into the skin, especially if you're shooting from a window into a parking lot. Or I don't... It's dangerous. I need more info on this. <laughs> yeah, right? They should have been fishing, right, hey, Kathy? Mom, <laughs> thank you. Safer. Uh, the victim was transported to the medical center where he was pronounced dead. Argus uh, fled the scene after she had shot him and was later arrested. Uh, and she is charged with murder. Wow. Holy yeah, hell. Yeah, maybe he had a heart attack or something. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, yeah. uh, point. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. So some guy shot my ex-girlfriend in the head with a BB gun from the... Some guy. No, no. Um, from his dorm room. And I had already graduated. I wasn't even a student there right. anymore. And she did not let me beat him up. She did. She ref- refused. I was trying to go there to defend her honor. She would right. not. And they didn't kick him out. They just, like, disciplined him or whatever. You believe that nonsense? This is the, this is the worst news I've ever heard. All right, ever? so so he shot her with a BB gun. From his bedroom window. Yeah. Uh, and she was just walking in the park. Was he, his, was his he spent with her? No, it was my girlfriend. Oh, your girlfriend. And so yeah. you go over to defend her honor because now she's been shot in the head with a BB gun. Yeah. But your girlfriend at the time will not let you do that. Mm-mm. Huh. Well, she was watching out for you. I guess so. I mean, not wanting you to get in trouble. Or I could have beat like him up. That. And the guy had a BB damn gun on him. I know. There here is a good excuse to beat up someone I know I can beat yes. up. Damn it. He was shorter than me. A lot shorter yes. than me. Well, in fact, he was in a wheelchair. <laughs> Remember his name? <laughs> I do. You want to call him out? Well, his name's Bucky. And uh, he ended up going to jail a little bit later oh, on. Well, yeah. there you go. For yeah. more Karma. BB-related crimes. Yeah. Karma's had, a bitch, man. Had you bet, beat him up, he might not have gone to jail. You know, maybe, maybe oh, Karma, man. you know. Could have so saved him. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Nice job. All right. When police responded to a tractor-trailer crash Saturday evening in Braintree, they found no driver present in the truck, only two chocolate Labrador retrievers. <laughs> Uh, the truck rolled down a hill before crashing into the side of a newly renovated house. The tire truck or the truck left tire marks in the grass where it had rolled down the hill. Uh, none of the residents of the house were present during the crash, and no injuries were reported. The dogs were not harmed during the crash, but a nearby resident heard the crash approximately 6 p.m. Rushed to check on the driver, only to find the seat vacant. He said, "You can only surmise." That the two dogs were in the front, maybe yeah. something got released, and they went for a ride, and that's probably the best thing you can come up with. That's what it sounds like. <clears throat> Police are still investigating to determine the cause of the crash. Most dogs don't have a Class C license, right? No, not that yeah. I know of. Uh, sometimes you just have to use whatever you can uh, to grab for a weapon. A Russian stores security camera caught the moment that a worker chased a thief out of the store using a long double-ended dildo. Uh, the footage comes from a sex store in the city of Novokuznik and shows the saleswoman actually hitting the thief with the dildo. 
Local media reports that the woman was working late when the thief allegedly entered and brandished a small knife. Uh, the footage is not confirmed to be real, but police have confirmed uh, haven't confirmed whether they are investigating an incident at the sex shop or not. So but those dildos, especially our biggest dildo, carries a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could whip that bat. You could knock someone's teeth out. We have a great video of Bill Weston <laughs> dressed as Severus Snape playing with it. Uh, right now on our social media. He was reenacting the dildo scene from the Sorcerer's Stone press. Yes, uh, Harry Pooper and the Sorcerer's (laughs) Stone. Uh, It's pretty classic footage of him doing it. All right, so a late-night snack run led to an all-out brawl at a Brooklyn pizza shop. One man was hurt in the wild incident, and another faces charges. Cell phone video shows the brawl inside Joe's Pizza. Happened around 3 a.m. At least six men got into an argument that escalated. Multiple punches were thrown. One man also hit another man with a pizza paddle. Wow. Yeah. What am I talking about? <laughs> I am talking about the need to eat pizza. Uh, staff members told police some customers were harassing women and complaining the food was taking too long, and that's when Ronnie Cabani... <laughs> Ronnie uh, Cabani? Yep. Uh, said that he took out his cell phone and recorded the video. You should have seen this. Yeah. What's going on over here? Paddles. Wait for about an hour. Do you guys see this footage, by the way? Ronnie Cabani? Cabani? I have not. Is it crazy? It's ridiculous. I mean, what's the... What's that wooden thing that they pull the pizza out of the oven with? I just said someone hit him with a pizza paddle. That's a that's the pizza paddle. <laughs> yeah, okay, because yeah. they did that and then had another dude with a ladle. It was insane. <laughs> so they were gra- they're grabbing all the all whatever the, they could grab. The but like when they started swinging the pizza paddle, I I thought okay, this guy's dead now. You yeah. know, because he wasn't hitting him with the flat part of the pizza paddle. Oh really? He was hitting him like like he was chopping wood. With the edge of it. Yes. That would wow. hurt. Yeah. yeah. We're watching this as we speak, and oh it's a uh, man. They are going. It's a at melee. It. This is a Big time brawl. And look, he's swinging a calzone oh, in a look pizza at joint. Oh my god! Uh, the guys in the back. So Ronnie Cabani said the guys in the back were like, "Please stays behind the counter." <laughs> and then they came and they just rushed him. Uh, Cabani said, "Not really sure who threw the first punch. It was complete mayhem. It was like a Looney Tunes cartoon," is what he said. Uh, police said a staff member went to the hospital with minor injuries to his face. Officers said that they are not searching for any other suspects. And Ronnie Cabani is doing okay. The one dude just keeps swinging the ladle. Uh-huh. Uh, how about this story? Did you guys catch this a couple days ago? Seven people were killed. Yeah. And several others critically injured in a series of crashes that were caused by a sandstorm in Utah. Uh, this happened on the 25th. The Utah Department of Public Service said in a statement it appears that 20 vehicles were involved in the crashes after high winds caused sand or dust storm and impaired visibility on the roadway. Uh, photos of the site showed, site showed multiple tractor trailers and several damaged cars on the road with scattered debris. You ever been driving in a sandstorm? No. I have. No. Uh, and uh, it's scary as hell. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. All right. We only have time for that last one, and we are going to wrap that up now. Kathy! Yeah. I need a number caller for the secret text word, if you will. 27. Let's take the 27th caller and give you our secret text word prize, 215-263-WMMR. If you uh, have been paying attention this morning and uh, texted in and got the secret text word, give us a call right now and we will see if you can win. We'll get a random text or two and more winning when we get back because we have a, the uh, lesson question. Stay there. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
been a busy day today. We still have a few other things that we are going to dive into before calling it a day and sending Pierre Robert into your world. But uh, we had a question that we... Oh, no. We're going to do the lesson question. Yes. Right now, we had a secret text word, and we got to get ourselves a winner. So we were looking for caller number 27, and I got that caller on the line. So let's go to them. It is Neil. Hey, Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Neil, so if you know the secret text word, we have a prize for you. What is it? Stage. Yes. Yeah. All right, Neil, hang on the line. We'll let you handle the particulars with our peoples because you get to choose a choice of tickets from these concerts. MMRBQ, Jimmy Buffett, which we're playing right now, uh, Corn and Stain, Dropkick Murphys, Rancid, Megadeth, or Slipknot. And these, are show, these shows and many more are part of the Return to Live Summer Concert Ticket Special Offers. $20 all in, lawn tickets for select shows at BB&T Pavilion, Skyline Stage, and The Man as well. Uh, the sale does start today at noon, and it's only available through Sunday while supplies last. Complete details on the concert page at WMMR.com. And then we have a random winner that we chose, and that is Kira Newton hey! from Coatesville, PA. So congratulations, Kira. You get the same thing. Uh, we're going to do the lesson question, and that prize is a Blu-ray copy of A Quiet Place Part 2. And the question we're going to go with this morning is, what very dangerous sport combines equestrian events and gymnastics? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. Uh, what very dangerous sport combines equestrian events? Sorry, Casey and I were reaching for the same thing. Equestrian events and gymnastics. 215-263-WMMR. Let's do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by Club Risquet. Don't miss Sophie D this Thursday through Saturday at Club Risquet. And you can visit clubrisquet.com. The Delaware Valley's premier gentleman's club is Club Risque. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, rapper DaBaby attempting to explain a homophobic rant during a recent concert saying his gay fans don't have AIDS because they're, quote, not nasty gays or junkies. Amazingly, the gay community seemed to completely accept DaBaby's explanation, and then he woke up. Oh, yeah. Now that he's engaged, Paris, now that she's engaged, excuse me, Paris Hilton having to respond to constant rumors that she is pregnant, Paris says she plans on saving herself for marriage, but admits the only opening left to save is her right ear. Oh my God. And finally, Stephen Dorff says he was taken out of context when he appeared to be trashing former girlfriend Scarlett Johansson's new movie, Black Widow. Dorff says he personally would never do a big-budget superhero movie because he loves the challenge of doing vaping commercials. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood trash. All right, we're looking for the answer uh, to this question. What very dangerous sport combines equestrian events and gymnastics? 215-263-WMMR. And it's Joe who gets to take a shot at this. Hey, Joe, good morning. What about the moose? Wow. (laughs) Forget about the moose. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. All right. Joe, what is it? Horse trampoline. Horse trampoline. Joe, I love you. (laughs) Hang on, Joe. We'll get your info and we will give you a Blu ray copy of A Quiet Place Part 2. And that's uh, Emily Blunt. 
starring in that film, available now, 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and digital. Or you can get the two-movie collection, available exclusively on Blu-ray and digital. It's rated PG-13, and it's from Paramount Pictures. Let's get into music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Armor Metals and Recycling. You can get cash today if you need cash fast. Bring your scrap and e-cycling to Armor Metals and Recycling and walk away with cash today. Located in Pensacola, New Jersey or at ArmorMetalsRecycling.com. We start with some very unfortunate news in the world of music and heavy metal in particular. Joey Jordison, founding member and drummer of Slipknot and guitarist of horror punk band Murder Dolls, passed away on Monday. He was only 46 years old. This is horrible. According to a statement from a family spokesperson, Jordison passed away peacefully in his sleep. His family stated, Joey's death has left us with empty hearts and feelings of indescribable sorrow. Uh, to those that knew Joey, understood his quick wit, his gentle personality, giant heart, and his love for all things family and music. The Jordison family representative requests that friends and fans and media understandably respect our need to privacy and peace at this incredibly difficult time. Uh, the family will hold a private funeral service and ask the media and public uh, to respect their wishes. There was no cause of death that had been provided, but I did a little bit digging, a little bit of digging. He had parted ways with the band in 2013 for personal reasons. He later said it was because he had a neurological condition that left him unable to play. Oh boy. He, he had said in an interview, uh, I've got really, I got really, really sick with a horrible disease called transverse myelitis. He said, I lost my legs. I couldn't play anymore. It was a form of multiple sclerosis, which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I have no idea if this contributed to his death right. or not, but I thought it was at least worth Mentioning, he he got himself into therapy in the gym and, and tried to beat his condition. But I don't know what took him. You know, when you hear that age and and a rock star, you sure. think maybe it was a drug overdose or something like that. But it may have been a medical condition that he had. I don't know. Uh, he played drums uh, for years. He even did some stuff with Ministry and Corn and Rob Zombie and uh, played, I guess, with the guys in Metallica and so on. So. Terrible news uh, from the world of Slipknot that Joey Jordison had passed at such a young age of 46. Blink-182's Mark Hoppus is in the middle of a battle with diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Uh, Leaves him fatigued much of the time, but earlier this week, he felt well enough to pick up his bass and play for the first time since his diagnosis. There's a video we're going to play a clip of from his Twitch stream where he played along to the 2005 Blink-182 song, Not Now. Is this just it, him playing, or does he No, talk? it's him introing it. Him playing, he's actually... There was an audio clip, but all you're really hearing is the, the song. song. Yeah. But this is him setting that up. Right. Not only is this the first time that I've tried to play these songs in well over a year, this is the first time that I felt well enough to play my bass uh, since I was diagnosed. So this is the first time I picked up my bass in a few months, even. All right. And then he plays along with the song, and right. it's really cool. And, man, you've got to be, if you can't even play the bass, you've got to be physically just shut down all the way. Right. You know, right. It's not like it takes a lot of physical exertion, but also you probably just don't want to either. No. And, yeah. he, he, I mean, listen, all the stuff that he's been through emotionally and so on and so forth, he's going through the treatment. He's got a while, you know, he's definitely got more treatment to go, but yep. apparently he's responding well to it. Yep. And hopefully that continues. 
Volbeat has shared their version of Don't Tread on Me from the upcoming album, The Metallica Blacklist. Uh, the album features a more than 50 artists contributing a unique interpretation of their favorite cut from Metallica's self-titled fifth album in celebration of the 30th anniversary of uh, Metallica, which is also known as the Black Album. All profits from the Metallica Blacklist will be donated to charity, benefiting Metallica's All Within My Hands Foundation and a charity of each contributing artist's choice. For Don't Tread on Me, Volbeat has chosen uh, the Born Cancer Funden in Denmark. Uh, of Don't Tread on Me, Michael Paulson said, We didn't want to touch any of the big hits on that album, which is quite difficult because they're all hits somehow. Uh, but we were we were trying to pick a song that you don't hear as much from that album. And the most important thing was to pick a song where we would transform it into a Volbeat song. And he said, Don't Tread on Me definitely had a swing that I could turn into a Volbeat swing. And it turned out really great. Uh, the Metallica Blacklist will be available on digital and streaming. September 10th, and on vinyl and CD October 1st. Guitarist Jeff Schroeder has opened up about Smashing Pumpkins' next studio album. He said, we're about halfway through working on another big album, which is basically, I guess, a sequel to Melancholy and Machina, so it's the third in a trilogy. More of a concept-based album, and this one is 33 songs. 33? Yeah, he said, we've been working for a long, almost basically the whole year on it, but we're in the middle of real tracking and stuff right now. He said, James and I are working out here in L.A. Drums are basically done, so Jimmy's done his part. Wow. But Billy's working in Chicago, and I'm out here in L.A., and James is in L.A., so we're plowing through it. That'll probably take the most of the rest of the year because uh, it's big. It's a big, sprawling thing, he said. So we'll see that down the road. Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, will release the flagship album from Gibson Records, which is an offshoot of Gibson Guitars and BMG. No title or release date for the collection has been announced. Slash said in a statement, it's an honor to be the first release on the new Gibson Records. It's a zenith in our partnership for sure, and having worked so closely with Gibson for so long, I know they will be able. I, I know they will be a label that genuinely supports their artists creatively, not just me, but all the artists they choose to work with. He said it's perfect. Bruce Springsteen and Patti Smith, Journey, Paul Simon, Elvis Costello, and the Killers are among the artists finally confirmed for next month's We Love NYC, the Homecoming concert. The show, which is being co-produced by music mogul Clive Davis except for August 21st on the Central Park's Great Lawn and will also feature Earth, Wind & Fire, joined by Lucky Day and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, Carlos Santana and Rob Thomas, Barry Manilow, Jennifer Hudson, the New York Philharmonic, and LL Cool J, among others. Hell of a lineup. It is. And then one last story. This is sad news and from a guy you guys probably have never heard the name of, but Jerry Grinelli, a jazz legend and gifted music teacher, Best known for his gentle drumming on the soundtrack to A Charlie Brown Christmas, has passed away. He was 80 years old. So he's part of the Vince Guaraldi uh, He was the trio. trio. Yep. A message posted by the Jerry Grinelli Facebook page said that he was hospitalized in December with internal bleeding and spent two months in intensive care. Although he recovered enough to eventually go home, the ordeal exacerbated other long-term health issues. Uh, Grinelli's uh, drumming career spanned more than 60 years and resulted in more than 30 albums. Grinelli pretty much played with everybody as a session musician 
and performed with the likes of The Grateful Dead, uh, Lou Rawls, uh, Moose Allison, Sly Stone, and, of course, Vince Guaraldi. He lived in San Francisco, Colorado, and Seattle, and eventually moved to Halifax in the late 1980s. Uh, his compositions have been recognized by the East Coast Music Awards, the Junos, the Grammy Awards, the National Library of Congress, Sound Archives, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which inducted him for his role in the psychedelic outfit Light Sound Dimension, or LSD. So this is him playing yeah. brushes on the drums. It's great. Uh, in recent years, uh, Grinelli began touring a live version called Tales from a Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh. Uh, he was also a sought-after teacher who taught in Berlin, Southeast Asia, Italy, and across the U.S. and Canada. So, sad news. He was 80 years old, but lived a, uh, a long and uh, fruitful well, life as a musician. So, he's going to be with us. Yep. And that is what I have in music news. We have one final break to take. And, Casey, you got some movie passes? Yeah, you know what? Here, uh, we can either do this. Do it. Or, or, or we can do this. What do you think I should do? Uh, do it! Oh, let's do this. Okay. Sebastian Maniscalco. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we mentioned that uh, show. Uh, we'll take caller 18. It is the Nobody Does This Tour, Wednesday, November 24th at the Wells Fargo Center. Just do it! Uh, <laughs> tickets are on sale this Friday. No, he says nobody does this. Uh, Just do it! It goes on this Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, pre-sale and complete details at WMMR.com. Including an extra chance to win for MMR VIPs. Be sure that you are opted in for the MMR VIP emails to qualify. So just do it right now. Give us a call. Just do it. And if you're number 18, you can win. 215-263-WMMR. Let's break and come back in a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Um, I'll take today, too. Today was a, a lot of fun as far as the radio program goes. I'd like to thank Mr. Keith Jones uh, for being here this morning and or being on our program. Yes. He's, he's in Tokyo. Yes. And uh, was reporting on the Olympics, and we went live to him. Uh, and it was great, just uh, giving us the rundown on uh, the lack of excitement and activity that's taking place because of so few people that are there, and their accessibility is, is pretty limited. Limited, but, yeah. But he's there anyway. And then we spoke to an Olympian. Yes. Uh, Peyton Rydemore was on the program. Yeah. Peanut. Peanut. And she is riding for her, hopefully, uh, Olympic gold. Yes. Uh, today, uh, BMX is her uh, is her um, sport. And I think it's a, between, it, the whole competition happens between 9 and midnight tonight. Uh, and the same thing tomorrow. And I think she said she starts racing around 9.20 or something like that, which is cool. She's 19 years old, man. She's just going to do it. Sweet kid. Yeah. Uh, top of her game. One of the best in the world. And she's from Pottstown. How so, cool would that be? Oh, man. It'd be awesome. So uh, we wish her the best of luck. And it was great for her to give us a call from Tokyo this morning. And then we have the voice of Bugs Bunny, Yosemite Sam, Sylvester, all the Looney Tune characters, Mr. Jeff Bergman. Yay! who uh, was born and raised in Philadelphia. And uh, he is the Mel Blanc heir apparent. He's got those voices, man. He was great. It's locked up, and he's been doing it for years and doing a great job. Most definitely. So if you watched Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and stuff, that was him. That was he was the one. So it was cool to have him on this morning. We need to do the letter of the day, and here we go. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR. Now the daily letter. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter N, as in num nuts, <laughs> num nuts, num nuts. 
All right, and we're giving away a Pisic round barbecue and fire pit kit from Landis Block. Landis Block. <laughs> start imagining your own backyard paradise by looking at the photo gallery online at landisbc.com. And again, I'm going to thank Rob McElhenney yeah. for uh, tweeting out uh, the fact that we are nominated for the Radio Hall of Fame. And he tweeted out the uh, the voting link, and he didn't have to do that. No. He's got gazillions of followers, and uh, he wrote a really, really sweet message. So thanks, man. We appreciate that. It was very cool. very cool of you to do that. I want to thank our sponsors. The President Steve Radio Show is brought to you today by Acme. They have everything you need to prep for this summer season. Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors. Also, Dunkin', the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. And Sunoco, they know how to fuel peak performance. Fuel your best. Tomorrow on our program, the battle happens. It is the self-proclaimed experts in the world of Harry Potter. Two contestants will be here in our studio. Someone's going to get bloody. Yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we have, it was only about a dozen questions that we go through, but they're really, really intense. And they're right. deep into that universe. And we'll find out who the champions are tomorrow morning. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat bat two bat two bat bat padoo ga ga bat bat.